All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the State of America Album Club, a special bonus episode that we've started doing, and we're two episodes in, and neither David or I are on the show, so we thought we'd do this little intro just to give you a heads up, let you know what was going on. With me, as always, Mr. David Hudson. David, how are you, sir? Or sh- or it should read, not with you, because I was not on the episode. I was not either. So weird. you're with me now, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. I actually was able to listen to it while it was being recorded, but I couldn't participate. It was odd. It was odd, just at the very last minute, a couple of schedules didn't meet in the middle, so we were both unable to do the recording, but everybody had put such effort into this wonderful discussion about Blackberry Smokes the Whippoorwill that we certainly did not want to halt the production. So we let Jason Donches take the reins, and uh, he did quite a good job. He did. He did. Uh, they had a interesting crew going, and I, I think they had fun recording it, and we'll have fun listening to it. And this will come as a shock to any regular listener of the program in any of its various iterations, but uh, Jason Donches actually did the bulk of the editing on this episode, too. So Mr. Mutt Lang uh, backed off for once. I mean, we, he may be Mr. Rick Rubin. He could be, or Bob Rocker, you know, any of the, any of the meticulous guys, you know? Yeah, so thanks, Jason, for spearheading that one. Jason will be taking over some of the editing duties on the SOA Album Club in the future, and also some of our Patreon and other bonus episodes. The one next month will be Wish You Were Here. If you guys want to listen to that to get ready for that album thing. But uh, other than that, I don't think we have anything else to do but to let everybody hear an episode without the two of us. Yep, let's turn it over to the State of America first, an episode without David or Ian. everybody welcome to the state of america album club this week we are talking about a band that is not too far out of the crow's wheelhouse in fact uh, they've been friends for a long time some members have crossed over and played with each other and the actual name of the band was given to them from chris robinson himself and that is blackberry smoke and we're talking about the album the whippoorwill uh, which is celebrating its 10-year anniversary this year before we get into the record, I want to quickly introduce our panel. We've got an esteemed group of guests. We're going to start with Mr. Steve Sumner, who is the host of the newly launched Great Guitarist podcast, as well as co-host of Classic Wax with our good buddy Ian Rice. Mr. Steve Sumner, how are you doing this evening? Hello. Yeah, great. It's good to, good to be here again. It's, uh, it's nice to be talking about such an incredible album as well. Awesome. Glad you're here. Uh, next up. The host of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock, uh, Mr. Jason Johannes, is here with us tonight. Yeah, th- thanks for having me on. I am so pumped to talk about this album. And let me just say, it's a little unfair being on a panel with Steve because the British accent makes him sound smarter than everybody. So, <laughs> not fair. Just as a, as a sidebar to that, I would say, when I come on this, it's, it's compared to any other podcast or any, any, I never feel as English as I do 
in this company. It's like I, I feel <laughs> so I can I can hear my own accent, and I can never do that. It's like I can really hear English. I'm very acutely aware of it right now. Yeah, three. And I grew There's up in Southern Ohio. I grew up in Northern Ohio. Oh, so yeah, so three Midwesterners here, and of wow. course the, the voice you hear there, the one and only star and regular contributor of the ridiculous rock records reviews podcast recently on the tall review here on state of america they call him the professor because he has endless knowledge of these bands and these records but it's the prof ray permi hi hello actually they call me the professor because i was one fun fact about the nickname the professor i actually was one (laughs) nice yeah (laughs) and professor just let me say excellent job on the tall album review that was so good Thank you. I'd forgotten all about it. <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> you know, I was on I your podcast it. a long time ago and you weren't on it. Um, I did uh, Layla and other sort of love songs. Oh, yeah, oh, I was supposed buckets. to be on that one, but I, there was some reason I couldn't. I, could, I can't remember what it was. So that was like the bell bottom. I just remember going over bell bottom blues yeah. and you, you missed and, a good uh, one. No, that, that shit that happens to me a lot. <laughs> So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we are talking today about Blackberry Smokes, the Whippoorwill. This is the 10-year anniversary of the Whippoorwill, uh, released in 2012, of course, officially August 14th of 2012. Let's talk a little bit about the musicians that are on the record, led by the amazing Charlie Starr, provides lead vocals, guitar, pedal steel, and the banjo that we'll hear, which we'll talk about later. Charlie is no stranger to the State of America universe. He's been on the actual State of America podcast, if you want to go back into that. He's also had a short stint as the lead guitarist during this uh, Shake Your Money Maker tour. When Isaiah was over in Europe during his band, Earthless's tour. Conveniently, Jason here with the uh, All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast. He was on your podcast a couple of times, uh, which we are going to talk about in depth here shortly. But uh, Charlie's no stranger to the universe here. That's because he's a badass rock star in this genre <laughs> of music, and he should be more of a household name. That's that's what I'm going to say. He comes across as just a down-to-earth dude. It just 100%. Loves playing music, loves his band. Love it. And boy, so, can the pl- he can seriously play some guitar as well. Yeah, yeah, he can. That's he is sure. extremely underrated. Like he is one of the better guitar players playing right now, um, and just he doesn't <laughs> seem to get the love outside of hardcore musicians. He's got it all though. He's got the whole thing. I mean, I don't want to preempt the conversation, but listening to to the interview you did with him when he was sort of saying, you know, he was terrified the Crows fans weren't going to sort of <laughs> accept him playing with the Crows, you know, because every everybody gets compared by the Mark Ford bar and, and he sort of passed the test as well he should because that guy can play. That guy can play and he has the touch, he has the tone, he has the chops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the melody as well, which is the thing, the thing I think makes Mark Ford great is that is that just that slight just that slight touch of the Noel Gallagher thing of you can hum a little bit of it you know it's not just fast for fast sake that's got that melody in it I think I think I think he's really got that nailed it also on guitar in this record we have Paul Jackson he also contributes vocals we have Richard Turner on bass and also contributes vocals we have Brandon Still on piano and organ, and I think he's a gentleman we are going to talk about quite a bit today. He's uh, the secret weapon, man. Surpri- <laughs> yeah, totally. Surprisingly totally. talented. Very, very good 
uh, Secret Sauce. Amazing. Mr. Britt Turner on drums and percussion. And I want to take just a brief moment and uh, lift up our brother Britt. He's been dealing with some health issues, started uh, a couple months ago with a heart issue and now has led to some some brain issue. Uh, Successful surgery, which was good to hear. Uh, Sounds like he's resting and recuperating well. But man, I see a lot of people talking about how we're sending prayers out to Britt and his family and his band. And, and you know, I, I don't know about you guys, but I was raised right according to the laws of Leave a Scar. And I do know <laughs> the good Lord. And uh, I seriously do lift him up, man. Prayers for him and his family. Be with the band as well as they're out on tour without him. And, and not to, you know, Richard to, mentioned Richard Turner is the bass player. That's his brother. Yeah. And they're, and they're out there touring without him and um, just lifting all of them up. Uh, and and giving prayers to them that they'll go forward strong celebrate this record even without them but man Britt, we're thinking about you we're praying for you mike rizzi has jumped in to fill in and and prof you had the uh unique experience to see the first show that that mike jumped in down in san antonio what did you think uh, i thought that he he did an excellent job he only needed prompting on like maybe two songs that i saw and it was just because they 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 turn on the dime so quick live. Mm-hmm. So and that was that, that was the only thing that I said. He was right in there with them. Any there was no technical issues with them. There was no missing any beats. It was more stylistic. He didn't swing maybe as much as Britt does. So, but I mean, you really had to pay attention to even notice that. So, but when I go to a concert, I usually either I'm you know. Usually the one that's I'm sitting there like this the whole time and I'm watching what everything that's going on or I'm watching the show or I'm losing my damn mind. And this was one where I just kind of sat down and just watched and let the music hit me. So as my wife basically filmed the entire show on her, her little phone. <laughs> we, we saw the videos. Yeah, for sure. It was awesome. So I, got, I got a quick question for you, Prof, if you don't mind. Um, they're a dual percussionist band now, much like the Almond Brothers. And with press, mm-hmm. like, how did those two guys mesh together? They did fine. He, uh, the the guy who's the uh, I just I wouldn't even call him a drummer, just the the percussionist. He was yeah. he's just right there with him. He's just filling in holes is all he was doing. Yep. From what I could tell. So, but I just like the way that they the band in total they have such separation between their instruments. There's no nobody's really overpowering anybody else. If you're listening, you can hear everything. So, yeah. and then this where I saw him at was at the Aztec Theater, which is an old, well, even even. Uh, Charlie said it. it looks like something that came out of the Power Slave tour from uh, Iron Maiden. <laughs> and uh, but nice. it's, an, it's, a, it's an old movie theater that's got great yeah. acoustics anyway. So and I've seen like two other acts there, and the sound is just incredible for where we were sitting. So uh, and I always like to try and sit lined up with the with the, the mixing board. So I was just above it, which was fine with me because I mean I get a good balanced sound then. So. And you can hear it on those videos. I was like, wow, okay, this is this is really good. It's nice and clear. So I totally didn't answer your question, did I? You did. You said <laughs> no, they worked very well together. Yeah, yes, they did. Yes. They did. That, that was okay. the answer. Yeah, exactly. No, that's great. <laughs> As I mentioned, this record's released August 14th of 2012. It was released in Europe February 17th in 2014. So it's interesting that it took two years for it to go to Europe. Um, which maybe it was why Steve had not heard this record. <laughs> That's my excuse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it wasn't it that a, distro, to... a, a record distribution deal that they had a problem mm-hmm. with. They had a sign they with Eric Records. Yeah, yeah, it was Eric. They yeah. were both. Yeah, in the end. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, see, I listen to those podcasts. There you go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> there you go. I had to take notes for my own stupid <laughs> podcast for this, yeah. guys. <laughs> Jason, to that point, so it says, if you if you look it up in the wiki here, it says it was recorded July 21st, 2011 through August 4th, 2011. But we heard Charlie say on your podcast, maybe you could speak it a little less. These They had eight days to put this record down. Yeah, it sounded like they had eight days of studio time for the recording piece. I think they spent a little extra time at Zach Brown's house, putting things together, getting some input from him. So that that this timeline must be the time they moved in with him, the recording process and coming back. But yeah, you're right. Charlie did tell us it took about eight days uh, there and they recorded um, over at Echo Mountain Recording Studio, which is a converted church of all things, uh, to actually record the record. So. A lot, a lot of really cool vibes. And when you have an album that has a lot of religious imagery, it is really works well together. Yeah. And you mentioned Zach Brown, who ultimately, so these, these guys were sort of free agents, if you will. They ended up signing with the Southern Ground Records. That's Zach Brown's record group. And Zach Brown was involved a lot in, in putting this record together. Ended up then being turnaround of, of about eight days to put the record proper together and then they recorded a live record coming right out of that uh that would have been the leva scar live if i if i remember correctly and they were also playing what's that also north carolina they recorded that playing playing live somebody help me out here does anybody remember anybody remember leave a scar live north carolina i believe that record leave a scar live is really what sealed the deal for me about blackberry smoke i'd heard uh the first two records liked them and then when I heard their live playing and the energy and, and very easy replicate the sounds on the album, I became a mega Blackberry Smoke fan and I've not looked back since then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this record was recorded originally. Uh, there's 13 songs on the album proper. And again, this is I'm not even referencing Wikipedia. This is reference All Things Blues and Southern Rock episode 115. There's three additional songs they recorded. The original Sunrise in Texas version, they recorded at this. Uh, This was a full band version of the song, not the kind of stripped down that you hear on on the record. record. Yep. Yep. They also recorded a Countryside of Life, Mm -hmm. and they recorded Ain't Gonna Wait, which was also a full band original version. So there are a couple, couple of tracks that came out on later records originally recorded in this session but much different than the versions we got once once those records were released. And if you stream the the expanded version or the remastered versions now, you can hear those, at least I know through Amazon Prime. I'm going to assume Spotify and everything else has those extra tracks now. Spotify has um, Countryside of Life and uh, I think two live tracks, but it doesn't have those other studio cuts you're talking about, I don't think. Interesting. So the record was released uh, in the U.S. This reached number 12 on the U.S. Rock Albums chart. It reached number eight on the Top Country Albums chart, 40 on the U.S. Billboard 200. And then in the U.K., once it finally did come out, uh, it did reach number 30 on the U.K. Albums chart. Come on, Steve. We need you guys (laughs) to do better than that. (laughs) I know. I'm sorry. I I missed the memo. I missed the whole thing. Two singles officially released off this record. We'll talk about those when we get there. Well, li- listen, listen, I have to I have to say something. I don't think I've ever said this uh, on a podcast before, although I suspect going forward into Classic Racks with Ian, I will say it more often, but it's the first time I'm ever going to say this, which is I had not heard a note of this album before going into, you know, 
before we you said this is the album we were going to do and um i mean my god it's there are there are classic albums out there like you know proper like underlined capital c classic albums that that have weaker moments uh you know on them you know you can go to like paranoid or something and find bits that aren't so good you know there's plenty of that going on i don't think there's a bad moment on this album so I mean, it's been a com- the whole thing's been a complete revelation to me, and I would like to couch my comments with the fact that I think I'm going to nitpick. I'm going to nitpick for the sake of the conversation, you know. So if I say, "Oh, they could have done this, or they could have done that," or "I'm not sure about this bit," I want to caveat that by saying I think this album is absolutely incredible. Uh, and I and I would say I'm not, you know, I would I would say if I didn't think it was, I'm quite happy to to, to give my opinions on these things, but but. Uh, it's what a piece of work and and also it's not you know it feels like it's from the end of that time where cd people you know where you know it's the end of the age of the classic age of the cd where people were still going oh let's put 13 tracks on it because we can because we've got all this space and a lot of people (laughs) a lot of people overplayed their hands during that period of time and made albums that were too long and 13 tracks on it it's not too long it doesn't overstay its welcome and that's a hell of a trick but yeah, it's great. I'm so glad to be able to talk about this. What what an album! So th- this is the first. When when did you start listening to this album for this pod for this? So whenever I mean, whenever we did the last episode, I think so like, I think Jason said at the end of it, we wanted to do this one next to what three weeks, four weeks? Yeah, three three weeks ago. Or wow. Something. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So well, so that's it, what I I've can't been... I can't wrap my head around sometimes, and maybe maybe it's out there, and I need to listen to people better, and that's the whole point of the concept of this mm. of this sort of pod uh, structure is is to do just that. But I can't imagine the idea of a, like hearing a record like this for the first time, you know, mm-hmm. like and it just you know blowing your mind i, I well, that's we were what chatting before we recorded and i told steve i'm like you lucky dog he said the same thing to us i'm like oh my god i can't imagine going back and like the first time i listened to the record and having that experience again there are a few records i've had this type of experience of this time of feelings for and, and, and steve same thing for you i think this is a for me is an, a great record i love this record it's certainly my favorite blackberry smoke record i also put it in the mm. classic of a top five Southern rock, modern Southern rock records, starting with Exile yeah. Main Street, going through like uh, Southern Harmony Musical Companion from Black Rose, ending mm. now with the Whippoorwill. Like you did, like the trifecta of best Southern rock. Okay, That's the, it's here. This closes it out for me. Yeah, so I, I thought I, mean, I was the one that came to this late. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, mean, I knew about this. I, I got asked on Friday, but I didn't. I this band wasn't even on my radar a year ago. Yeah, I'd never heard of them. So, I mean, I, I heard though, I have it in my notes. I, I heard a few of songs of theirs, but I didn't know it was them. If that makes any oh, sense. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, it, you know, it, it was, it was the, the sons of anarchy and then they're on, they're on Yellowstone. Yellowstone. And I heard mm-hmm. them on that and I thought, okay, well, that's kind of a cool song. Never, never enough to motivate me to figure out who is it? What is it? And it was all, it's all Hudson's fault. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. As, yes, as many is. things are. I, I love the fact yeah. he's listening right now. Yes. Yeah. He, is. He, he is. He told me he said this was a top. This was a top three concert for him. And yeah. I had a chance to oh. go. And I went last December, and we had a blast. We had a blast. And I think I, I listened to maybe maybe when we got the tickets. I think I had a week to listen to some of their stuff, and I was just kind of mm-hmm. picking and choosing. And I didn't pick out a full album. And 
I went and they basically played everything that I, I picked that I was listening to. And I was like, and these and they were their their oh. studio output is good, but you gotta see them live. Yeah. Absolutely. That, they just again. blow you away live. So well, that's what like David said. said to me when I talked to him about it because I, the, the, I, I was kind of hoping we would get to talk to him about it because it, 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 it there's, there's such an interesting because it's there's a lot of country here. There's, I mean, mm-hmm. it's not they're not a country band, but there's a lot of country right. here. And I know yeah. <laughs> I'm always, Re- I'm always reminder, they were they were number eight on the country chart when this record. Yeah. Came. And yeah. he doesn't like country, which is always hilarious to me because I'm, you know, I'm an English yeah. guy with a friend from Mississippi that doesn't. We like don't country. all like country, dude. Just because we're from the United <laughs> doesn't mean we're all country <laughs> listeners. But, but yeah. I think he doesn't like bro country, which is yeah. different. Yeah, which is that it's the classic kind of country out, is good. The classic stuff, the the country that can tell a story. Yes. Yeah, that can yeah. tell a story well. Someone that can really good a good narrator, yeah, like yeah. what Ray Charles said, what he liked about country music, or what the Stones like about it even though they're usually doing it like as a mock but then they yeah. still do it they still do it so well so but i think the other thing is that this is the most <laughs> it's the, this is the most this is the most southern thing i've listened to in a long time and i, I know I, we all go through phases and uh you know my, my last sort of southern and it's so in- i don't want to be shot for saying this with a in a room full of black crows people but it made me really think about the crows because yes the crows are you know a, a, a to a, to a greater or lesser extent, a lot of people consider them a Southern rock band, but it made me realize how much Britishness is in the Crows DNA mm-hmm. because yeah. to come to this, you know, th- I mean, sure, there's a bit of stones here, but this is a much, much more American and specifically Southern band than I've listened to for a while. And even though there's big crossover in the big Venn diagram of, you know, the Crows and Black We Smoke, you know, I've, there's there's a lot less British in the DNA of this band than than there is with the Crows, I think. For sure, for sure. And going back to some of your other comments, this is a like when you see this band live, I think you that's when you really get it. Like I told you guys earlier, like once I love this, I like this album a lot when it came out. I heard them play live, and then I was all in. And I've seen these guys maybe ten times. Never a bad show. Always mm-hmm. not even an average show. Always a great show. Never a bad note. Never a bad vocal. They're all together. I'm gonna. They're the best live band performing right now, in my opinion. I know Tedeschi Trucks is out there. We saw the Crows kicking around, but they are the best live band, in my opinion. And and Professor Steve, I can't believe you guys didn't know a lot about them until recently. And it mm-hmm. goes to show you how crappy rock support really is. Mm-hmm mostly mainstream wise if you got a band like this that's had a great output of records crushes it live you guys are big rock fans blues rock southern rock rock bands and you don't even know a whole lot about them just it's pretty sad because they are killer yeah well so for me i went down my own little like rabbit hole i went down that i went down you know my classic rock stuff that's what i like i'm I'm blues based rock so if it's that that's what i'm going to listen to and there really wasn't anything there's no promotion of anything new out there. A lot of the new stuff that I did here, I would kind of go, mm-hmm. you know, but this, <laughs> this was different. So, so, all right. Well, if you uh, had this record and you dropped the needle on it, or you had the CD, you press play, or if you're at the show uh, currently, as we speak, the first song you're going to hear is six ways to Sunday.
uh, Prof, I've been chasing my tail and a couple other ones too. How about you? <laughs> I like this song. Well, see, I've seen them three times, and each time they've kicked off the show with this. So, yep. even before the whipper wheel thing, um, it's a lusty little ditty of a song using the uh, Christ haunted South key phrases and some clever double entendres for me. Uh, six ways to Sunday. The idiom usually means done in every way possible, having done something completely, having addressed every alternative, usually used in a derogatory way, especially around my dad. Things are so fucked that it's six ways to Sunday. Uh, I'm sorry, am I allowed to swear on this? Because I'm gonna, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, Pretty fucking awful, Professor. Clean your shit yeah, up. That's, this is what you know, God. <laughs> shit, I did that one in class, and you should have seen the people's look on their faces. I was like, grow up, kids. Um you know, it's just, it's just like, I want to do it like it's never been done. I want to hear that woman speaking in tongues. Well, you know, Pentecostal churches speak in tongues as a sign of being baptized by the Holy Spirit. And one of the, one of the spiritual gifts listed in the Bible, which I'm sure Jason, I mean, I'm sure you know about that. Um, whether I've been backsliding, and that's a phrase used to describe a Christian returning to their secular sinful ways before Christ. Uh, honey, I'll pick up snakes and drink the strychnine too, as long as I can get a chance to lay my hands on you. Picking up snakes and drinking poison is again a Pentecostal church reference. And I'm, those whack jobs like to do that stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm not judging. I'm just like, that would be a little bit much for me. The Bible mentions believers that are able to tread on venomous snakes and drink poison without harm or fear. Laying hands is often associated with prayers of healing, physical and spiritual. Not sexual though. That's left up to Marvin Gaye. Um, you know the you know the angel right off my shoulder right away. My little devil took over. Woman, if you need a disciple, we can have a little revival. Angels and devils on the shoulders—a familiar parental tool used to demonstrate the choice between right and wrong. Often used in cartoons, but never better used than an animal house, in my opinion. I'm looking to see if you guys get that reference, or if I'm just too old. Oh, no, completely. I oh, remember yeah. distinctly yes, on yes. the shoulders and all the bad thoughts that were going through the heads of the, the devil and the angel. Trust me. I, I'm just listening to you talking, going, do you wonder why he's called the professor or you you pretty much you got it now? Or we're he's all got good? a thesis for Look, every damn song I did this on this, just I think. Since Friday. I feel like really unprepared just for Friday. Jeez. So, And this is my fourth podcast in two days. Yeah. Um, the disciple is a follower. Revival is a spiritual revival common in white tents and with white buses in the South, marked by rigorous worship and baptisms. Rigorous worship and a rigorous and a specific type of baptism is what Charlie is singing about here. But it ain't the same, same thing that they're talking about at the revival tent. Um, now the music itself, it's the opening rip is a nice and, and uh, nice and gritty in that Southern rock way. Mm -hmm. Brandon's piano licks remind me of Nicky Hopkins. Yeah, He's that good. Um, the overall sonic production of the album is clear. Each instrument has enough space to breathe and be clearly heard. Uh, after that little, after the, we can have a little revival, the guitar solo, that's just tasty. I'm not a musician. Mm -hmm. I can't come up with any other better adjectives other than, you know, wow. Yeah, tasty is right. I think that's a great description. Yeah, it's super melodic. It's awesome. Yep. And then the turnaround, Brandon has that little moment to shine with some fine honky-tonk piano playing. And uh, you, you listen to this song and you go, is it any wonder why this song opens the album and is commonly used as a show opener? A show. Yep. Again, I've seen these guys 
a lot of times. And I don't know if I can remember a show where they didn't come out with this one. It would be very, very rare. There's a reason it's the show opener. Well, you know what's cool about seeing them live, and this is something that I I noticed it with the Crows. I noticed it with the Crows back in, in 2005, 2006. They like playing this music with each other. Mm-hmm. They're having a great time. Yeah. And that's, that's a yeah. different kind of chemistry. When you see a band that has a great time, it's not like The Who, where there was three guys in there that were trying to outdo each other, and they were having fun doing that. You can yeah. tell these guys are actual friends. So it's like Rush in that way where, you know, it's not nearly as technical. We're not, I mean, they're, they're off the charts for what they're, they're doing, but what they did, but it's just, you can tell that there's a, a, a true love between them, not only for what they're doing and that they're doing in front of a crowd, but that they really like what they're doing together. Yeah. Those guys have been friends a long time. Of course, you already pointed out the Turner guys are brothers and nobody has an ego in the band where they all, allow each other a chance to shine, even though Charlie's a star, he doesn't act like it. Yeah. He's so humble and down to earth. And I could not imagine being in a band with my brother. And, and Charlie <laughs> star is a rock star. And again, it's a shame. He's not, he's not a household name across the board for every rock music fan. Agreed. Yeah. I definitely feel that now. I feel embarrassed. I feel embarrassed that you I You should know. be embarrassed, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> this only went to this only went to 30 on the UK charts. You should be embarrassed. <laughs> hey, hey, when I was there, the Stones had come back and they were putting on this great show. And then England had their their annual vote of who was the best live act. They picked Cliff Richard. Yeah. Yeah, Very don't well. don't you that now that's not on my shoulders. I'll take the whole didn't get into Blackberry Smoke until now thing. You're, you're pushing it now. And a lot of my favorite bands and artists are British too. So you got to do us a favor, Steve. And come on, you got to get on the Blackberry Smoke train here with everybody. Okay. Go. All right. Well, let's spread, uh, I'm, spread the smoke in England, please. Yeah. I have the zeal of the newly converted. So I'm on it. Don't you worry. So how'd you feel when this when this song, Steve, you, you push play, you've not heard this record before? Well, look. Yeah. they'll tell you on McCartney and Gold, which is one of the other podcasts I'm on, that, that I, I have this thing about bookending, you know, which is like, you, you, you're going to, you know, I was in a church choir for a while and our choir master used to say to us, I don't care what you do in the middle, just start the start well and end well, you know, <laughs> that really stuck with me. And it matters how you open an album. If you're going to look at it as a, as a full piece of work, uh, it matters how you open it and it matters how you end it. It shouldn't be just a collection of songs in whatever order you felt like putting it. And this is a great opening song. And the fact that they, they, they open so many concerts with it is, is a sign that it was the right piece of sequencing. You know, it was, it was exactly the right piece, the place to put it. But another admission though, is I, I, I generally don't like sex songs unless you're Prince, in which case that's 50% of your output and it's fine. Cause you're Prince. Only 50? You know, I, was, I, I don't want to. I don't want to speak ill of the man because he's not. That's around like anymore, saying but... Kiss songs only fifty percent about sex. No, it's yeah. like ninety nine percent. Yeah, right. That's that's fair enough. I, as I say, I just I didn't want to say anything bad. But um, <laughs> you know, sex songs are you know not not from a prudish point of view. I just often find it just doesn't work subject matter wise. I think I think it cannot work, and it it, it really works here. And and, and what everything Prof said about you know it, the, the whole religious allegory aspect of uh, uh, just it works. It works the way they uh, the way they approach it, and it's just it's just the perfect opener, you know. Um, 
Yeah, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. But but again, this is we live in a streaming age, so I probably, you know, I I, I tend to I like things to I like albums to sink in before I do my proper listening. So I probably didn't have that moment of sit down with the headphones, listen to the first track. I sort of do this thing where it kind of washes over me in a random sequence, you know, in in corners of rooms, so that when I sit down and listen to it headphones for the first time it, it's not completely new when i do that first listening but yeah but so i'd already it was a bit in in, in the mind already but yeah what a great opener fantastic yeah and, and let me correlate a couple things for you guys on this one both from a live performance piece why it's the opener and then why it's opener on this record and we'll start with the record first so this record is not a um uh, what's the name for the albums that are like a thematic you know uh Concept. Like Operation Mindcrime, like that's a it's not a concept concept album. record, right? This mm-hmm. isn't a concept record, but it but it also is a concept record. This whole record, if you listen to the first song to the last song, is a relationship album. You start out here with this first track of promising to love somebody. You're trying to bring them in, develop a relationship with them, love them. Hey, this is also the first song song on the concert on a concert because you're bringing that the crowd in, promising to love them, to give them the next two hours of your life in a way that they've never had before. So not only is it a great kind of allegory for the concert itself, but for the record, this is a relationship record. It starts good with promises, and as we hear throughout the rest of the tracks. It's a breakup record. It's a relationship freaking breakup record. So mm. works live because you're promising the audience to love them, to give them all your heart, and all your passion. Also on the record for what the record is, you're promising to love somebody and give them your heart in this relationship. And to yeah, that end, sure. we get we get to track two and already we got an affair going on. And uh <laughs> <laughs> Great segue, yeah. Doc. Yeah, wow, this, look at that. Yeah. So here we go. You know, Practice. All the Wasn't promises of all the love, and here we go. Uh, we got a pretty little lie. Come over here and sit by me. Tell me everything I want to hear. I'll pretend that. song it just i listen to it and i I laugh because all i can think of is you ever have that one that got away when you were in your 20s that you had such electricity with that you would seriously consider doing a one-night stand with even if they hurt you because they choose some they chose somebody else and they're still with them yeah i know somebody like that um (laughs) it's definitely a song about somebody in their 20s that would fall into the situation um it's a song about a pretty little lie a great little storytelling in the lyrics here come over here and sit by me tell me everything i want to hear i'll pretend that i don't see the reason why you're back over here and the box full of wine in the fridge line that just shows he's a real classy guy at the mobile home park 
Uh, <laughs> I, when you're in your 20s, I mean, are you really buying bottles of wine? Come on. Yeah, this is a lovely Merlot. No, it's a bottle of, yeah, it's a box <laughs> yeah, of wine. It's Mad Dog it's a lovely 2020, box. honey. Lovely box of Merlot, yeah. <laughs> My vintage um, cardboard in this box. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the, the uh, verse where he says, I, th- I thought we had it all figured out. There was me and there was you and him. I was hoping for a chance to cuss you out. That That's perfect. You ever have one of those, are, you just know somebody, you're like, I want to run into them because I've got this whole argument in my head. And it's not going to go anywhere like you think it's going to. You're going to get your yeah. one line in there. Think you're George Costanza. I'm out. <laughs> and they're just going to blow you away anyway because they're more prepared than you are. So um, this is this is some powerful sexual attraction in this song. Starts off with that twangy, twangy riff and quickly transitions into a mid-tempo four on the floor rocker. The guitar solo is all country swing mm-hmm. in a way that Waylon Jennings would be proud. Um, Brandon's church organ fits perfectly. And the refrain of you a damn liar. Yeah. You a damn liar. It just lets you know, he knows exactly who he's dealing with, no matter how well she, she fills those clothes that will quickly be on the floor. I like this tune. I mean, how can you not? It's, it has the, the B bender, which is a very prominent guitar and sound that, that Charlie likes to play. And you hear it all through this album has a extremely catchy hook on the chorus, right? That's what really, that's what the, grabs the, you. The vocal hook is amazing. Yes. It's beautiful. Yep. Mm. You, you know, there's not a lot of people can do that. I, I will disagree with you a little bit, um, John, just is I'll say that instead of the one that got away, I'm looking at this again. If I'm looking at it as a concept, not a concept album, he promises to love a woman. Now she's lying to get with him. And this is the second part of the story. And they come together. When you hear the third song, it'll play into it a little bit. But uh, this is my wife's favorite song. This is David Hudson's favorite song from Blackberry Smoke. And it's just, it's catchy. It's great. Tells a story. And I love the B-Bender. Yeah. I mean, it's a great second song. It's a great sort of uh, mid-tempo thing to do. I do like albums that do that sort of... um like on by your side, the sort of one, two punch of the two really up tempo numbers before you slow things down. Um, I, I could have taken that. I could have taken a, a, a second song that was, was upbeat before they slowed the tempo down. That would have been fine with me, but it, that doesn't, we, again, I said I was going to nitpick. Doesn't, doesn't mean I don't love the track. Um, it's yeah, it's a great story. I, I, I it's, you know, it's, it's a well-told story because sometimes these, I mean, I listen to a lot of country radio and sometimes these stories become tropes and they, 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 they get told <laughs> too, many, too many times and you're just trying to tell, you know, the same story in a different way. And, you know, everything Prof said was, it was great. I mean, that, that, that line, the line that really got me was I'd let you get away with anything. You know, it was like, okay, I really want to hate you. And now you're here in front of me and all thinking has gone completely skewed and there's nothing. All thinking I can... with this head. With this, <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. We're thinking somewhere yeah. else, guys. You were thinking somewhere else. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I, I just can't, everything's gone out of the window now. And, and, and that I found that was very, very well painted. One of the things I want to talk about when we get to the, the next track again, is something from uh, your interview, Mr. Johannes was, was this thing about sequencing. And I think that this is the second track where it's uh band band harmonies again it's sort of his lead vocal and then mm-hmm. really sweet band harmonies again and that's going to happen again in a minute now i, I want to i think i think there may have been a bit of a sequencing issue here but again i'm nitpicking it's a great track what can i say i i this is a country song for people who don't like country music 
Uh, yeah, agreed. Agreed. It would work really well on country music, on country radio, but it would also work well on rock radio. You know, and that's rock uh, radio, right? Because listen, none of us are country guys necessarily. Although Steve, it no. sounds like you may like a little bit, but yeah. we all like the track. Hudson likes the track. He, we already heard he doesn't like country music, and it's great. Brandon and Charlie are so in tune on this album from keys, organ, guitar. There's even a spot too where the the organ and the guitar go up, like go up together with the vocals. It these guys were all engaged all together following the same flow in this record and this song is a good example of that and what you notice and at least i noticed like all of the all of the hooks just are so easy to get in your head where you start singing along i mean mm. halfway if you've never heard the song halfway through the song you're singing along to it mm -hmm. you, you've already kind of got it in your head uh and and you're able to sing along to it and and then it gets stuck in your head all day you're singing it and it depends whatever the last song you heard is whatever one is in your head today for me was actually the next song and we've got someone as hotter as the deep south summer <laughs> on everybody knows she's mine we've gone through the promises we've gone through the affair now we're together and we're out in public with everybody somebody brought up honky tonk uh earlier on this is a great honky tonk piano playing on this one uh country music has never sounded so good the backing <laughs> vocals i love when there's the gospel backing vocals it's one of my favorite things about the black crows it's one of my favorite things about blackberry smoke it adds so much dimension and emotion to the song you have that um Great back and forth, the guitar and piano, again, particularly in the solo, they play off each other. I'm telling you, like, this is the Brandon Still, Charlie Starr record, and those two guys are on fire. Um, love this ditty, love this honky-tonk country track. Sticks in, your, sticks in your brain. And Steve, before you give your opinion, just to give them their credit, this is the first track. We get some additional musicians. The background vocals you, you talked about, uh, Jason Marine Murphy, Low Carter, and Kyla Jade on backing vocals on this track. Yeah, well, I love the way his vocal comes in. I love, oh, I love his little ad libs. You know, watch out. That's right. You know, there's the, just the little vocal ad libs. I just they add such a lovely little extra uh, color to it. Um, there's a there's a section that sounds incredibly i mean i mean it basically is the same chord progression and melody of of, of country club by travis tritt but only members are allowed i'll take your word for it i'm a member of a country club 
It's it's remarkable. And I don't quite have the musical chops to tell you whether that is a sort of classic country chord progression or not, but it is it is the same chords, the same melody played in the same way to the point where I find it quite stressful listening to the song because if I'm <clears> if I'm if I'm singing it in my you know if I'm trying to sing it later on in the day I can't because I'll segue into Travis Tripp when I don't really want to, um, which is which is an interesting one. But yeah, I mean that that's that's a thing. But I think it's probably a sort of standard country progression rather than a not deliberate ripoff. There's only so many sequences of cowboy cowboy chords you can play. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um and when when the bridge comes in it really feels like the, very it's very crozy. Um mm-hmm. there's a very very crozy uh feeling there. This this was what I was talking about. Yes, they had those sort of gospel call and response vocals towards the end, but it is it is the third track where you've got his voice and what sounds like sort of other really nice tight sort of harmonies from the band and another great guitar solo. And this was the, you know, when I was really listening closely for the first time through, I thought, Oh, this is interesting because that that's three songs that are structured very similarly and use very similar choice of instruments and a very similar choice of harmonies. And I thought this is going to be law of diminishing returns. If they keep playing this trick at the moment, it's not a problem. They don't, and it's fine. But it, it, it's—I feel like perhaps there could have been a different sequencing of those first three tracks for that reason, because then you get a lot of different colours um, going forward. But maybe it was deliberate. But again, so I'm, you know, it's a great track. It's a great track. If you think of it as a concept, not a concept of a, a relationship from the start to the finish, I think the tracking and the style and the tone mm. make a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking uh, musically. Certainly, if coming oh, sure. from, from the from the from the sort of thematic lyrical idea that you're talking about, that would be a completely different conversation. And, and I, I totally see that. I'm, I'm actually that was supposed that. to blow your guys' minds through the concept, not a concept, and it was like crickets. Was, you know, it was like I could hear the <laughs> whippoorwill sing. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I like it. I buy we, it. We're, it's all good. On board. we're, we're we letting all the profundity it. of it just kind of sink yeah. in. Yeah, we were just we were, we were just like shocked. Yeah, we're still letting it. It hasn't really. <laughs> well, I've listened to this a billion times. Yeah, <laughs> we were we were catatonic with shock at how deep it was. It's all good. I, I honestly, I honestly didn't. I thought when you first said, it, I thought I don't see a common thread in there. But I don't. I haven't lived with this album as long as you have. So the well, it's funny that he mentioned Travis Tritt because I actually know that song because the opening riff is pure country honk with the Texas swing. That's why it's so familiar. Um, that's kind of start, stop, different timing. That's, that's what we do. Um, the, uh, the lies that get me that, that stood out to me, she gets me high as a Georgia pine, wild as a muscadine vine. Anybody know what muscadine is? No. Ah, It is a thick, twisted, dark grapevine that is like a weed. It is very prominent Mm. in the Eastern Southern states. And it even stretches into Texas, kind of where I live. Um, and it's more prevalent in the big thicket, but it's not unknown in these parts around San Antonio in the hill country. It's usually somebody's pain in the ass thing that they can't get rid That's of. That's a hell of a word and a thing yeah. to rhyme and put in a song, but it's yeah. great. Like if you tell if you're giving me a description of what that is, it makes perfect sense. David Hansen has just put in the chat that that they make wine from it in the south. Mm-hmm. God, they make wine from everything in the South. <laughs> Listen, it's called moonshine, and we love it. Um, <laughs> so, well, there might be a kind of, uh, there might be a couple kind of like her. Rest assured, brother, this one's mine. 
I'll be right there in her back pocket. She's got my name tattooed where the sun don't shine. What a great line. Yeah. <laughs> what a line. Right? I saw you looking when we walked in, when she walked in with me. I don't blame you. She's a hell of a girl. I know how you feel. It ain't no big deal. I'm the luckiest man in the world. So this is my second marriage. I will tell you this one. If you've never felt this way about your woman, I am sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, the, the get it. Yeah. Oh, ho. The guitar solo is all chicken picking. Followed mm-hmm. by a honky tonk piano that Chuck Lavelle would envy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, could have came right off of an Almond Brothers track. Um, I'm really impressed with Brandon's contributions. Three songs. Oh in. man. Um, and I have on my notes that I love the inclusion of the background singers as well. I love the gospel. Oh. So. Oh man. I, did you see the high as a Georgia Pine merch at the show, Prof? Mm-mm. I just I saw this said shirt. that. I saw this shirt and I went, okay, it's not black. I can wear it all the time. Because, you know, it says, it says the, uh, about the, uh, the South about being, uh, what the heat is here. Um, this has been a really bad, bad, bad summer. Everything we had over 60 days of over a hundred degrees here in San Antonio. I'm a tennis player. I was out in it the entire time. Um, Today, yesterday was the first day since March 13th that we were that was that it was actually a freeze, mm-hmm. that it was cold. It was chill. I have jeans on for the first time since March. I usually live Oof. in shorts down here, so <laughs> hot is a whole different level here. So. Mm-hmm. As hot as the woman in the song that's being that's that's hot, hot as a deep south summer. Yeah. So we come out of this and now we're going to get a little background on the town that our characters live in. And we get the song One Horse Town. In the tiny town where I come from, you grew up doing what your daddy does. And you don't ask questions, you do it just because. You don't climb too high or dream too much With a whole lot of work and a little bit of luck You can wind up right back where your daddy was This little bitty town It ain't nothing new We all stick around Cause they all tell us to This is another staple. What does Blackberry Smoke sound like? This was not released as a single. Um, Pretty Little Lie was the first single. We didn't mention that when we talked about the song. Um, It did chart, uh, but very slightly, reaching up into where did my notes go? This just depresses me. The state of modern rock track, like how stuff like this they don't push or doesn't get a foothold with people. It just makes me depressed. Yeah, so Pretty Little Lie, uh, we didn't mention it when we talked about the song, but it did reach number 46 on the U.S. country airplay chart, for what it's worth. 
but this song was not released as a single, but it is a staple song of theirs. And it's another one of those songs, One Horse Town, that if you were to to list off, you know, much like we do with the Crows again, like you're, you know, what does Blackberry Smoke sound like? And you would play this song. It's a story song, which is much of them. Nice acoustic riff with with organ under it. Um, we got some additional musicians on this too, with Clay Cook adding some percussion and harmonium, and Matt Mangano on the acoustic guitar gives it some depth. Love everything about the song. I love the story. I love the sing-along harmony vocals. Uh, but I got a question about a lyric: "Old married man at the age of twenty-three, yeah. two little boys on the baseball team." So yeah. how old were they? How old are these boys, man? Oh yeah. <laughs> I hadn't thought about be, the maths of it. I thought five, wonder where you were four. going with that. You could have that so, at, at 17 or at, at 17, 18. Be, that's what I'm thinking. Six and five, yeah. Six and five. Yeah, and we and we know that they're gonna make it. And they that's their way out. That's their well, I, I think I think he's saying that there are so few other possible ways out yeah. that that baseball might be the only one rather than that they're like super, super gifted two-year-old baseball crazies. But uh, I do see your maths issue, yes. Uh, I think it's a perfect third or fourth track. I'm always torn as to whether that sort of slower track should be the third or the fourth. You know, it's the old Wonderwall thing. You know, do we, do we, depends how upbeat your first two are. Um, but it, I think it's really, it's incredibly important to hear that sort of organ accordion sound at the beginning and the acoustic coming in because it's a new, it's a new texture, you know, it's a new color um for the album and they, they very much needed to do it uh at this point i think it would sound completely at home on country radio um which may or may not be a good or about you know good or bad thing in your in your view but I, I think it would i think there's really really well placed um hammond organ in the sort of final third i love the way that 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 comes in i think that's uh beautiful i don't i think it doesn't mind leaning into the you know, possible country tropes of the, 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 I mean, one horse town, it feels like it's, it's, it's leaning mm-hmm. into that and owning it rather than sort of saying, Oh, are we sailing a bit close to the wind here? It's like, no, 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 we're going to, we're going to, you know, go with it and write such a good song that you'll be fine with that and tell a good story. And that, and and they do. I think that's great. My, my only issue with the song is that it ends on a major chord, which it absolutely shouldn't have done. I don't think, I, sh- I think it should have, I think you know he ends the one horse town at the end of every um, previous chorus, and then gets to the end of the song as one horse town and resolves the whole thing in a lovely sunny major chord. Yeah, well, it's all it's and, all major, it's all minors. Yeah, the verse and yeah, the chorus are both minor. It's, it's a minor verse and D minor chorus. I think yeah. or I have it backwards. Yeah, it's a very strange decision. I don't I don't like that resolve at all. Is it enough to ruin the song? God no. But um, I would have I would have kept it minor. I would have kept it minor for sure. Well, I can throw it over to the professor because I do have thoughts on this. Obviously, this is one of my favorite records. So I want you guys to chat before you hear all my vomiting out of random <laughs> shit. <laughs> well, this, this is this is a song that many of their fans identified with instantly. I love it, but I didn't grow up in a small town. Um, the church organ beginning is pretty ominous. Uh, the acoustic guitar and Charlie just creates a sparse mood for the verse. I love the line, swallow your pride just to make your family proud. That is a contradiction of a juxtaposition, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I highlighted the I'm an old married man at the age of 23. Yeah, I've been there. Um, mm. That was the whole reason I joined the Air Force is I had a, I had a baby coming and I wasn't something that I wanted to do. It just was that was <laughs> it was life was happening to me. 
and my choices were pretty much made for me. And that's kind of what I got out of that line. I got two little boys on the baseball team. I quickly did the math when I first heard it, thought, okay, yeah, you'd be 17, you know, get somebody pregnant. That's the way it goes. Um, all they got is a worn out name and a daddy that could have gone all the way, but I hang up my saddle. I hung up my saddle and, and settled down. That sounds like some guy that had all his choices taken away from him. Um, it's funny how your dreams get sidetracked when kids come around. Uh, growing up and living life isn't always easy. I love the bridge after the brief and morose solo. I just think it fits perfectly how they do that. And uh, this this song, everybody sings along this song. You hit on something, Prof, on, on this is everybody sings along. Yeah, everybody. This is this is Blackberry Smoke's Home Sweet Home. This is their ballad. This is the one everybody knows. Charlie pretty much backs off. The crowd sings. Everybody knows it. They play this about every show. I think if you're a Blackberry Smoke fan, they don't play this at a show. You're going to be disappointed. Uh, one of the times I had a chance to talk to him, I did ask if this was autobiographical. It's not really. It's parts of him, parts of other people he knows and just tells a story as a whole. But when you do listen to the, the whether it's the music, or the lyrics, you can picture what's going on in your head. So it's a very, very clear picture. And I think the best song, the best art does that for you. And it does mm -hmm. it for me. It's great. Sing along. Um, I didn't get I didn't get hung up on ending on a, on a, um, a major note uh, as you did, Steve. Now it's all I'm going to think about. Damn it! Thank you. I'm not, every time I hear the song, I'm going to be bugged out. You but, ruined it. <laughs> you ruined oh it. Oh my god! I'm so but it's sorry. It's great. Like it's like this, this is squeaky pedaling since I've been loving you. <laughs> since I've been loving you. But I love the squeaky pedaling since I've been loving you. That endears me more to that song. Wow! Yeah, I can only pedal. apologize. I'm so well, sorry. No. So like what what you said about the the. The, the storytelling and how he, cause I keyed off on that when I heard your, your, when I listened, I listened to your podcast twice, I heard it way back Thank when, you. when you were, when you first guys, when you guys first came out and then I, I went back and got that, that episode again and listened to it yesterday when he said it's an amalgam, that's just what a good writer is going to do. And he's already mm -hmm. got that, that country music sensibility to tell a story, to tell a story that everybody can relate to. That's what makes good country music. Yeah. And you know that well that, that's what makes country music that it sells let's put it yeah. like that so yeah that's kind of what he did i could see that he's he's getting a little bit more personal and i don't know their first album all that well but he's starting to show a, shades of himself and he really does it in one song here which mm -hmm. you know that's what they named the album off of but i'm getting ahead of myself but you you can see that he, he's just got he's already in another song he's talked about how he just knew how to put words together and that that's what his his musical education was about so he's a very honest guy a very honest artist i'll give him that so absolutely he is he will tell you stuff straight up um if you did hear the pot which you did we talked about where i live now in marysville and he has a lot of connection to marysville and told some great stories about a biker selling cocaine to amish kids <laughs> Well, if you're going to do, you do. do it with them, because they're going to be honest with you. <laughs> but he, Charlie had no part in the drug sales for everybody listening to this who didn't hear the podcast. <laughs> and they'll sell you some story. cheese and maybe help you put up a bar. <laughs> there, there's an Amish grocery store right down the street. From me. <laughs> Great pies. <laughs> I haven't asked for the cocaine yet. <laughs> if it's in season or not. <laughs> oh, my God. We're getting. Oh, Don't just reel us in. All right. Hey, well, speaking of, you know, buying cocaine from bikers and stuff, we get to the next track, which is called Ain't Much Left of Me. 
from grace was a sight to see. Good turn to bad and bad turn to misery. Found out what it is and what it's not. And all I ask for showing what I got now. Steve, I don't know about you, but my fall from grace was a sight to see. How about yours? What is it? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's be surprised how low a man can get. There's some great lines, some great lines. It's, it's, um, I think it's a song in the same tradition as the, it reminded me of uh, the shape I'm in by the band. You know, it, it, it's that I, I do like that. Um, it's like so you get these different sort of songs, like you know, pep talk songs, or like it's all gonna, everything's gonna be okay songs. And a lot, I know a lot of people that get really irritated by everything's gonna be okay songs, and they they can get very um, irritating after a time if they if they're not handled well. And this is, I, but I, I'm a big fan of, wow, I'm really screwed here. But hey, you know, kind of songs. I lo- I love that. I've always loved that subject matter wise, and this. This really hits that well. Um, I, th- I have to say, dynamics—they have this really good thing that where they do quiet really well. They do quiet so effectively, and it's another—it's another really quiet intro before it's a, it's a, there's a there's a thing they use twice on the album, which is the quiet guitar, and then everything stops and the vocal just sort of crashes in a cappella before the whole band comes in. They do it a couple of times, and it, it's incredibly effective. Um, and there's some lovely harmonics on the guitar at the beginning there. It's the first slide guitar solo on the album, I think, which is really welcome because, again, those first three tracks, I had that slight issue of, you know, each one of these has got a really excellent guitar solo, that, but, but they could be beginning to be in the same sort of area. But, you know, so it's great, it's great to hear. Having had some acoustic uh, previously now on the previous track, it's great, it's great to hear a, a really, really strong slide solo and i love the ad libs at the end you know uh that uh every time he comes out of every corner of chorus it's there's a slightly different way you know sort of here we go that's the end of that chorus that was a great chorus i'm celebrating it uh it's just it's just great the whole thing's great what a fantastic track i mean i'm gonna tell you to that point like even when the song starts like when the when the little melodic sort of piano mm-hmm. bit comes out mm-hmm. and then the the riff starts and then you hear kind of just slightly off mic hey and then it kicks yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like that's that that's some of the best part about recording the way, even if your bass track is recorded live, when you get those little just off mic, you yep. can hear in the background, hey, and then it all kicks in. I mean, that is that's fantastic, man. For for those of you that see Blackberry Smoke and have seen Blackberry Smoke, this not on the Whipper Wheel tour. This is their show closer, closer. in the night yeah. every yeah. single time. It was it was so weird when I heard him in Cincinnati a couple of weeks ago on this tour that, you know, this song came up where it did because it's so, so jarring because this is a closer. But this is a great track, man. Tons of emotion, tons of power. Um, I, Steve hit it right with a quiet, loud 
pieces. The cool thing about seeing this live is they stop in the middle of the song, dead in the middle of the song, and then they they play a cover. I saw they had they played the "When the Levee Breaks" this time for me. Prop, what did they play for you guys in Texas? They they, they did "When the Levee Breaks." I've seen them do. Um, I've heard, I like three little notes. birds and don't come around here anymore, but some birds. The one that blew yeah. me away. Yep. The one that really blew me away was when they did Take Your Whiskey Home by Van Halen. Oh, yeah. I was going, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, no way. No way. He, this dude is a fan. <laughs> so, I've heard he War Pigs on this fan. breakdown before. Yeah. Oh, I've heard him do War Pigs. That'd be amazing. Oh, mm -hmm. I've, heard, I've heard him cover the entire Fairies Wear Boots before. Just <laughs> these guys can do it all. But. This is such a powerful song. This is to me when the, the relationship has gone bad, right? We've, we've progressed to this point. Now we don't like each other. We went out. There's a lot of emotion behind it. And guess what? I'm done. See ya. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love the line when he says in here, I, I asked the good Lord above, have mercy, please. Yeah. Right. It's like, help me out. Look, yeah. Come on. Just give me a break, dude. Well, you know, if a woman will get your her name tattooed on her lower back where the sun don't shine, I, I'm giving the odds of the relationship working not being very high. <laughs> no, no, that's right. No, it's the Johnny Depp Winona Ryder syndrome. Oh, why so. no forever? <laughs> yep. That's it. <laughs> this is an instant classic song for me. This is a Game monster right. of a track. There is some great playing. It's another great lyrical story. I love how it starts with just Charlie noodling and then Britt hitting the hi hat and then everyone else joining in on that little vamp before Charlie hits that riff and Britt just crashes. Um, a little more of the Christendom in the uh, opening lyrics. Well, my fall from grace was a sight to see. That that is just an that's like that's like one of the best lyrics ever. And look at you're just jamming out on it already. So uh, yeah, it's, I, mean, it's I can one, hear it in my head too. It's one of my yeah. favorites. It's the best. I love it. One of the best divorce slash breakup songs of all time. Well, well, and I love the I've been rained on, rode hard, and put up wet. <laughs> Dance with the devil till I'm in debt. Took all I got, and there ain't much left of me. I've been knocked down, drugged out, and left for dead. Barely held together by a few old threads. I'm still here, but there ain't much left to see. That that is just. I mean, who hasn't been down like that? And but then, then he says, I'm still holding on. Yeah. And the vocal harmonies raise with everybody, and it's beautiful. I'm still holding on. Well, I can't and, sing well, or else I would me, do that. What strikes me on that on that chorus is how the bass just bounces that right along. He just, all of a sudden, he shows up big time. And then that Hammond organ, and then there's a lot mm. of guitar interplay. Um, I thought that I'd hit the bottom, but I ain't there yet because you'd be surprised at how low a man could get. That is awesome. Well, can I ask about this lyric? Just this this lyric then, that because you said, uh, Jason, you, ju you just said, um, I'm still holding on. Did, are we yep. perceiving this song as positive? Because the way I had perceived it was no. Springsteen, which is the whole yeah. Springsteen thing, which is, you know, I've written a really, really downbeat lyric about a really difficult situation, but it sounds really upbeat musically, which Springsteen does all the time. Is yeah. that how we're, we're perceiving this then? Or do you? I, so I perceive this, it this as like imminent failure. Like I'm still holding on, but there's not much left of me. Like, okay. right. I'm not going to hold on much longer. Like in 
and you know, and there it's he's not in this song. He's got two young kids on a baseball team. He's yeah. got, he's trying to hold the family <laughs> together, he's man. Pre- he's praying okay, for the okay. Lord to have it's mercy. Fair. He's holding on. I don't got much left. Like, and he had song. those kids at fourteen as well. So <laughs> right. I'll throw you a big curveball. You keep saying Springsteen. It makes me think of Steely Dan's What a Shame About Me. Okay. So, because it's just more like, look at me. I was supposed to be this, and I suck. (laughs) 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 But um, everybody's got relationships die, and everybody does feel that way. You've everybody's tried to hold on too long. Everybody feels like a failure. You know, it's it's I think this resonates with anybody. Yeah. But when I said Springsteen, I didn't. I didn't mean lyrically specifically. I just meant that juxtaposition between, you know, that those music's he writes happy, all these, but the, the music's yeah. happy, but the lyrics sad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah oh God, I, that I, raise when they say I'm still holding on, and you get the the organ. Well, that was why I asked. Yeah, because vocals. I just want. I realize it makes me think whether that that line is maybe the crux of a different message. It's got. It's like gospel that piece, like it's, gospel it's, music it's, when it raises up. It's mm. sort of pure desperation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 at least in this song you don't you don't get the relief doesn't come. The answer doesn't come. The, he prays for the mercy, mm-hmm. right? He says, "Lord, have mercy on me, please," but we don't hear that he gets it. No, you he's know? still holding on by a few dated people yeah. I played played to have mercy on me before. Yeah. Sure they prayed the same. We transition out of uh, that track into a ballad title track here, The Whippoorwill. Honestly, guys, if uh, instead of Charlie's vocal kicking in, there was a harmonica solo, I would swear we were listening to Good Friday. Yes, it's that's it. It's the same chords at the same tempo, and you can literally sing. We've been avoiding this for mm-hmm. so long over the over the top of yeah. it, and it, and it works. You know, it's it's perfect. Well, I like looks like you said the the song starts with that two gentle high hat strikes. And then the start reminds me of Good Friday with that sad, melancholy slide just going over it. Sounds like Brit is using his sticks here. I'd have thought he would have used his brush. So, but I can't really tell. So I'm not really a musician. Um, lyrically, the song is is so far the most personal from Charlie. Uh, it's about his grandmother. Mm-hmm. I got that from your your podcast. Somebody listens yeah. to my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's very obvious that his grandmother he had a very special relationship with her. The uh, the church organ notes are back and they are perfect in this song. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie played a simple scale and then Paul joins in before a short solo by Charlie. The song has a sad and uplifting feel. 
you can detect the loss and the guilt that Charlie feels, as if he hasn't lived up to his grandmother's standards, but he still feels her presence with him. It's a really well-crafted song, and you can tell the love they poured into this one. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with everything the prof said here. I'm, the only couple of things I'm gonna add is I love the pedal steel. Charlie's playing that and adds so much to that song, so much to that that uh, feel. Great guitar solo. It's a great guitar solo, and also, you know, not only is this Black Crows ish in terms of Good Friday, but this is very Pink Floydy. You could really make this a psychedelic ish song. It is very much Dark Side of the Moon Pink Floyd, if you ask me. Like it just has that feel to it. It's pretty cool. If you're going to go out on a limb and, and, and stretch and, you know, make a stretch with me on a concept, not a concept. I'm again, I'm going to echo um, Prof Sears words that he's thinking about his grandma who raised him, who's played such an important part in his life, maybe being disappointed for this relationship, this breakup of the family. And this is now where it fits in this overall story, not a story, but uh, great song, melancholy, uh, psychedelic and, pedal steel <laughs> i'm just gonna no, use say random cool. words it's it's cool that if I, I mean i know in, in your podcast you talk about how the whippoorwill how his grandmother taught him about birds and yep. how he could you know and we have whippoorwills here too so but you hear that a lot with with especially cat was growing up i was raised catholic so anytime they would see a cardinal they would tell you oh that's that's your somebody dead coming back to come and visit you and that's just what they that's their spooky catholic stuff that i grew up with but <laughs> It's just interesting that that even that you know birds has has that same sort of uh, loss reminder in the South for lack of a better I, I term. took the whippoorwill to mean his actual grandma, not the bird. Like, have you heard the yeah. whippoorwill singing "Call Me by yeah. Name"? You know, that's kind of what I'm picking up from it. Exactly. Well, that's kind of what I mean. I'm just not articulating it well. So when if you if you're a Catholic and you see a red cardinal, it's supposed to be somebody that was close to you that was departed. That's departed. They're coming mm. back to check up on you. So, or, and it's also a sign that maybe you're going to be joining them soon. Ooh. I told you it's the spooky Catholic stuff. So. <laughs> and Charlie's Baptist or was Baptist, I believe. Or his family was Baptist. <laughs> still spooky though. Still spooky. Yeah, still sp- Bird, yeah. spooky. <laughs> Steve, have you told us your thoughts on this one? No, no, I was, no, I, I just, I try not to talk over anybody, but um, I mean, I have to say I'm so, uh, two, two things from the, uh, all things blues and Southern rock interview that I'm incredibly grateful. God, for. you guys listen, checks in the mail guys, checks in the mail. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's all good. Uh, but two, two things I'm grateful, uh, grateful for one is just to get an overview of what the song's about, because sometimes knowing specifically what a writer has written something about can actually spoil it for you because it's like, Oh, that's not what I was imagining. But actually this really gives you a, a layer of insight and you're like, Oh wow. Okay. That's really beautiful. And I loved it anyway. Um, but the second thing is that I think you on on the podcast asked him what a whippoorwill was. Now, bearing in mind that I was that terrified. That was Brian, by the way. That wasn't Okay. Me. All right. That was fine. So I'm sorry. Okay. No, I, I, I was terrified because I was thinking, oh, no. The guy was... from North Dakota. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is it. I was thinking I'm going to be the English guy who's had to Google what a whippoorwill is because there was I thinking it's some sort of crazy made up American word. And I'm like, oh, no. So when you didn't know what it was, I was ecstatic. I was like, oh, this is brilliant. It's, it's regional. It's not a US, UK thing. It's regional. Everything's fine. International. Um, it's international. <laughs> um, it sounds like it sounds like the crows at the beginning to me, but it particularly sounds like Harvest era Neil Young that in the, the yeah. very end that yeah. intro really yeah. really uh, made me think of that. Um, 
but yeah, it's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful song. Um, it, it fits perfectly where it is. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm really happy to know what it's actually about. I think that really added a layer for me. Yeah, it's great. So we transition out of the ballad into another big time groove, huge hook chorus rocker called Lucky Seven. I ain't never been to prison, but I probably should have gone. Cause I broke the law 12 dozen times, but I never did get caught. I'm a different kind of daredevil than a lot of folks I know. But I still walk the tightrope with no net down below. Hey, I'm lucky as a seven. I dance to my own tune. I may not get to help my Lord for the wicked things I do. Starts up with that funky bass-driven country swampy yep. funk, and apparently there are 144 legal acts committed that we <laughs> hope that they are all past the statute of limitations, and none of them are murder. Um, the chorus is just fun to sing along with, when yeah. you, especially when you're at the show. Hey, I'm lucky as a seven. I dance to my own tune. I may not get to heaven, Lord, for the wicked things I do. It's just it's just a fun song. Um, kind of optimistic too things are yep. are things aren't as easy as they look but things ain't so bad either ain't no plans to turn around my springs done come unwound i just love that line it's a perfect blend of funk and country and just makes me laugh at that bro country garbage that's out there that i know that david laughs at too um <laughs> the wah-wah licks that they trade between the guitarist and that in that last 90 seconds that's just perfection to me, um, especially after the heaviness of the previous track. It's a little optimistic. Mischief is pretty welcome. Mm. So, Palette cleanser. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is. You know, if I'm doing my concept, not a concept, I'm, I'm again with Fallen um, Ray's, Ray's thoughts on here is like he's com- he's getting over the fact that the relationship, all the stuff failed and he's coming to grips with, okay, happens. I'm happy to be out. I'm starting over. Like we're going to we're going to figure things out now. Starts out very mellow country. And then I tell you what, when that chorus hits, it goes to Southern rock and roll heaven. It is a great catchy. You start singing it. You feel good. It hits home live when you see it. The crowd sings it. I think you already said that too. They play this one live a lot. And there's a reason just because it really gets people going. And again, another crush solo on this from Charlie Starr that I I love to listen to. So so wait, okay. I'm looking at the track listing. And and I'm I'm seeing the six ways to Sunday to now. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm really hot for you. I want to do this to you. I know you're lying mm-hmm. to me. Look, I'm yep. coming into the bar with her. It's kind of cool. I kind of got this kind of messed up with this this bad one, you know, like no nowhere job, nowhere, nowhere life going. There's not much left to me. It's all over. Mm-hmm. My grandmother has to come back and visit me from the dead because to tell me that everything's okay. <laughs> and then I'm thinking it's lucky as a seven. So then it's it kind of cool that it goes to that that relationship that really that really bad breakup where it's like it's all them, it's all them. Well, maybe it's me. 
Oh, hell with it. No, it was really all you. <laughs> so, yeah. I You're buying into my concept, not a concept right now. Mm-hmm. You're just buying yeah. trying that. to stroke your ego a little bit. Just so it <laughs> makes you feel better. <laughs> it's all right. I'm still Jerry's out on it. So, so uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Number 30 in the UK, Steve. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry man. I'm so <laughs> sorry. You can't <laughs> carry that over me forever. <laughs> just for this podcast. After that, we're cool. Okay, right. that's fair. That is fair. Um, again, I think it's this this thing of they they use different instrumentation at the beginning, and it's nice to see them. You know, it, it, it reminded me of Doctor John a little bit. That's that sort of swampy, swampy, mm. slightly blues thing going on yeah. at the beginning, and it's so nice to hear that, that the piano and bass so prominent in the mix. Without you know, there there is other stuff going on, but it, it's those two that are leading it. Um, it's nice. To, it's the first time any Wawa appears on the album, which is so nice to hear because he he. He leans into it a bit. He sort of it's it's just somewhere between subtle and I'm really wiring out here, uh, and he he picks the spot uh, really nicely. I wasn't going to mention it, but I I think again coming back to just thinking about Chris Robinson as a as a lyricist because he's influenced by all these you know like Rambo's poetry and you know all the I mean he's got some very strange and eclectic touchstones, you know and 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 I didn't mention the fact that we rhymed girl and world um a few songs ago and we're right we're rhyming seven and heaven here and that's okay but the 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 thing you know that it's it, this is coming from a much more direct lyrical well and i think I, I don't want to say he gets away with it because that sounds too negative i think he owns it and i think he he knows that the songs are strong enough to cope with it you know because because that that stuff can really pull a song apart pretty quickly if you're not cutting it but the 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 music and the lyric in both cases that i just cited there are so strong that it, it's it's not i mean i noticed it but it, it it's 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 not detrimental to anything that's going on around mm-hmm. it because these songs are just so damn good mm-hmm. it, it's it's sincere it's not sammy hagar yeah no, yeah yeah exactly no yeah yeah no i love it another lover yeah and with this tune in particular like a favorite of mine is sort of the extended outro which you know you got a nice groove palette to to lay down and you got a variety of different you know you mentioned the wah which was mm. you know interesting to bring into the mix you still got some slide kind of overlaying that a lot of piano and organ and just this long sort of mellow groove that plays for a good minute or so that mm. you can kind of just get lost into bobbing your head and then that goes out and we change gears dramatically with mm-hmm. a heavy high tempo rocker honestly one of my favorite tunes i've already mentioned this is where we find out if we've been raised right this is the leave a scar
with Leva Scar. We've been told uh, what it looks like to be raised right. Jason, you've been raised right? Yes, enough to not be this autobiographical for me on this, but this is a shit kicker music of a song. If you're talking about a country, western, get in a bar fight, this is the equivalent of that song. I love it. Oftentimes, Blackberry Smoke is told is described as a mashup between ACDC and Leonard Skinner. I think this is one of those songs where you could hear that dirty blues rock along with Southern fried rock mixed together. This is about, this is Southern Southern rock. You got Charlie Whalen on the banjo in this one. Um, I love it. It is another killer live song. It just has so much energy. I think again, people can really grasp on grab on to the lyrics. Hey, my life's not perfect, but guess what? I'm going to leave a scar and people are going to remember me for all the things that I've done, good or bad, and I'm going to own it. I love it. Lots of power. And I'm going to throw something to Steve real fast. Steve, they, mm. they make a comment, a lyric about Crimson Dirt. Do you know what that references? No. Tell me. Charlie's, Charlie's from Alabama and Georgia where it's clay and the dirt is red. It's red. Really red. Okay. You're really red. Yep. Well, I, I think lyrically... if I'm ever going to feel excluded, I'm going to feel most excluded (laughs) by this. I mean, it's the most, it's the most Southern thing and the most American thing lyrically here. Um, And it makes me want to get in a bar fight when I hear this and I don't get into bar fights. Not anymore. Oh, there you go. Uh, Did you say not anymore? Not anymore. Yes, there's there's a lot of incrimination going on this evening. It's fine. Yeah, no, it's so. I mean, this is probably the one. This, this, and the next one took me the longest to get into. There's a sort of punky energy to it, uh, which I kind of wasn't totally hot on that to begin with. Uh, And and as I say, I, 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 you know, something like One Horse Town. It's very, very American, and it's that that's not a problem in any way for me on One Horse Town because I can hear the universal messages about what um, a frustrated life in a shitty place looks like. (laughs) Whereas, whereas here, I think that took me a little longer because you know it's it's interesting that you know you keep referencing the raised right stuff you know that's an that's an interesting uh list of things that would be you'd be raised right to do you know so it's like uh, that that took me some time to sort of go okay that's that's interesting do can I relate to this but yeah it, when it, it grew on me uh a lot it's probably my least favorite thing here but that's not saying a whole lot because I don't think there's interesting. a bad example yeah yeah, yeah, I'd say it's my least favorite. Um, I am, however, a huge fan of the of just in in music generally of uh, a whistle before a double time guitar solo. <laughs> that is a beautiful, beautiful True. thing to do. Yo, that, you know. Those are the police coming in to break up the bar fight, dude. And like, then it becomes yeah, yeah. just a big melee of cops, oh, drunken patrons, and everybody. Have you ever been in a bar fight? Um, I've been in a 18 year old, I've got long hair. Somebody's hit me because I've got long hair and I don't remember what happened. And my friends have got See, me out of it type situation. I think if you've been in like a random bar fight, like stuff happens for no reason, you would grab yeah. onto the song a little bit. more. <laughs> That's what it is. So, it's, it's once so again, it's my failure. I understand. It's all fine. Are you, are you, are you bald on top now? Cause yeah, I used to have yeah, long hair. There's nothing yeah, there. That's, I mean, that's that's yeah, yeah. yeah. There's nothing going on. <laughs> I had the same thing. So, None of us are Fabio. For you. Everybody living. <laughs> yeah, everyone listening at home, there's a lot of glare. 
Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a lot I of shine happening. The most hair, and it's not a lot. Yeah. yeah, this is this is a southern fried version of my way, anthem or soul survivor. We're gonna live our life our way. The music is gonna be done our way. They may not change the world, but they're gonna leave a scar. That's that kind of defiance that is so to to coin that phrase from a from those message boards. So punk rock. Um, <laughs> that they keep laughing about the crows with, um, <laughs> and the, and the music just mirrors it. It's with that little southern fried sizzle baked in. The uh, this was the song that um, the drummer really shined on when I saw him live, and and uh, okay. even Charlie turned around at the end of the song and said, "Man, how'd you learn that?" So he he did that good of a job, and I'm sure he was sweating by the end of it. The uh, the lyric that I really drew to was the. Years they rolled on by, the old man turned me loose. Ways across town, I learned about them sad old country blues, taught me how to pour my heart out and make it rhyme, told me not to not to ever break more than one law at a time. That that what a great lyric. Um, mm-hmm. but it, it's I think it's a little bit autobiographical for him. Um, about learning how, how country blues goes. And with the addition of the banjo, the turnaround at the bridge after that line. I hope you wear me on your memory like a faded old tattoo. I might not make history, but I'll burn a page or two. And then he mm-hmm. screams that, yeah. That solo with the dual guitars, mm-hmm. that is a straight up nod to Molly Hatchet. Mm-hmm. So this is, this, this is a legends. good tune. Yep, this yep. is a good tune. For me, like this is one of my favorites for a couple of reasons. Number one, I I, I think the the sort of, I don't know what it is, not tension. It's it's like the dichotomy. It's like the different, like you have this big, huge, heavy rock riff. And then when you go into that second verse with the banjo under it, it's such a weird, like it almost seems like it wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Having, having such a heavy, heavy riff like that with the, with the banjo picking underneath it, but it, it's so beautiful. It works perfectly. And then, and the keys in this song, stand out to me i mean and, and we we could say that for every song and i know prof yeah. you mentioned watching them live how much you were impressed by it but the keys in this drive it well and and from a a thematic standpoint i i love if we're gonna if we're gonna sort of jump on the train that jason's leading us down this this like not quite a concept al- album type of thing we've made it this far where like his perspective has changed where now he's gone from it, it, like his grandma has, has sorted him out and he's feeling like he's in a good place. He's lucky as a seven. Now we have this thing like now he's going to go get it. But he understands like he's not going to change the world. But if he makes just one slight difference, one little thing, if he leaves a scar, right, then it, it, it's this big motivational thing, almost like this huge upper uh, coming out of it. And I really love, you know, I've, I've referenced the idea of being raised right. He lays out his old man. And the stipulations that were given to him of being raised right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was taught to work hard. He was taught how to fight. He was taught to know the good Lord and when to use a gun and be proud of where you come from. And then this is contrasted with what he learns from across town. And so it, it's interesting that you give these two um, perceptions of where you learn what you know, and then how you sort them out. 
and use that to move forward. And he says, I may not change the word, but I'm going to leave a scar. And then just the, the musicality of all of it, the, the whistle into the solo is a huge, <laughs> it was a great call out by Steve, just, by the way. I love that. Uh, I love <laughs> that too. In my head right now. <laughs> uh, it's so good. It, this is a highlight on this record for me. I didn't um, originally remember how much I love this song until I was revisiting it. So we head out of Leave a Scar and we head into a more mid-tempo kind of guitar rocker, uh, another sort of seemingly autobiographical song. Zach Brown's got a writing credit on this, mm-hmm. um, oh. which is the song Crimson Moon. Coming queen, about to turn 18. Just a couple months younger than that wanna be James Dean. She can't wait, just say when. She ain't gonna leave a note, she ain't gonna tell a friend. He smelled the rain on the blacktop. She heard the banshee in the wind Hey, 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 darling, please Let's put these hard times in the ring Let's go find a breathing room Bathe in the light of a crimson moon This was my other least favorite in my in my first run through. Um, I think it grew on me once I started to hear the story properly. You know, once once the story bedded in, and I could hear that, um, you know, the, the the I sort of wasn't connecting the choruses to the verses properly, and I wasn't, you know, once I connect connected all the dots and and could hear the story properly, I, I thought it was really good. It's a great big ballsy blues riff which is just fantastic that works that works really well and also awesome use of the the backing singers on the choruses it's got that kind of mm-hmm. horse horse head kind of feel to yeah. it although they're not they're not singing the lead i suppose but um yeah it, it, it the, as i say leave a scar on this was was where it waned for me on my first few listens through but it it doesn't now you know i i think it, it stands up um it stands up well it's a, a there's, again there's some uh what's blacktop folks that's the uh, other reference. Asphalt road, like the road, road. Yeah. Right it's yeah. what we right. paved the roads with, uh, and, okay. it, and it gets hot when hot. the sun hits it. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. 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 it is black so, and retains the heat. Yeah, smelt the rain on the blacktop. Yeah, and I like the fact that it's, um, because the the Banshee line did stand out for me. And again, mm-hmm. listening to your interview with him, you know, uh, I, I like the fact that he sort of. Again, you said this thing about him being really honest, and that's a really honest thing to go. I had this word; it was a really cool word. It was kind of in my head. Mm-hmm. I wanted to build a lyric around this cool word, and 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 actually, Banshee's not that important to the rest of the song. It's just right, no, you know, no, no, some, yeah. somewhere he's built it from this one word that he liked, and I think that's an interesting he had way to scratch write a song. that itch somewhere. He had to put yeah. it in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's great. Well, it's that organ is really getting the work out in this song. Oh um, man. Oh yeah. man. Organ solo is beautiful. It is this is a smoldering song that is such a slow burn. Um the homecoming queen about to turn 18, mm-hmm. just a couple of months younger than that wannabe James Dean. That is some really good imagery because everybody knows that wannabe James Dean. 
Mm. Melon can't be. Melon can't be lyrics. Yeah, melon can't be. Yeah, melon can't be. Rather than just can't be. Trademark. I'm trademarking that right now. You can't use melon can't be. Young lovers full of ideas running away together. Um, screen door closed, and it's the only sound she made. She climbs on and wraps her hands around his waist. You know she's hopping on a motorcycle. And yep. you know this guy's just, he's just horrible for her. The 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 chorus of this one with that whirling organ solo, this is the chorus. This is the song that kept getting stuck in my head. So, mm-hmm. and then he made mention about what the Crimson Moon was. He thought he came up with this great idea. What a, what a great image, the Crimson Moon. And he found out when he was driving home, this is what he said in the concert, uh, that he had driving past this mm-hmm. this store or this cafe that was the Crimson Moon Cafe and had been there for years. And he's like, I'm glad they haven't sued me yet. So um, <laughs> they should pay him to like, advertise for him for crying out loud. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's got some really good biting licks in this. But Charlie does um, the breakdown and turnaround. Nothing worse than the hell I left behind as two lost souls who go off running into the night. They felt the fire running on two wheels. If they don't stop tonight, Lord knows they never will. Just man, this tells you exactly what's going on with this song. This is just a, this is just, he's a great storyteller, man. So. You're no joke. No joke. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Like th- this is another one of those songs where no video is needed because you see the story playing out in your head when you're listening mm-hmm. to the lyrics. Um, I'm with Steve though. I love this album. I love every song in this album, but this is my maybe arguably my least favorite. It's a good song. Not bad. It's just, I don't know. It starts with a horse heavy, heavy rhythm at the start. Rip, rip the start. Great work by Brandon still. Um, I love the solo. I love Charlie's solo. They get a chance to play back and forth with each other. Great gospel backing vocals again on it. Um, it's a good song, but Great lyrics. And if we're going to go to my concept, not a concept piece, this is telling the story of a girl who's kind of been in the same situation that he has, maybe dated the wrong person, started off right the long way. And we're getting her backstory before these two meet and become an item. This is Florence Jane Castleberry that he meets when she's 45 years old, living in the the trailer park. (laughs) Absolutely. I don't, I don't explain that reference because I am a Luddite and I am, I am not, I am not refined enough. Florence Jean Castleberry from, from Alice. Oh yeah. The the old TV show movie. Yes. Flow, flow, flow. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Now I got it. Now I, you have to, you have to dump things down for me a little bit, Rob. With her costume jewelry. Eat my, uh, kiss my grits. That's it. That's it. And you know, that was probably another way of saying your place or mine. <laughs> I think it meant a lot of things. It's like when the Smurf said Smurf, like kiss my grits at men any, anything at any time. <laughs> well, we move on from Crimson Moon and uh, we're going to start off a little subdued. We got some vinyl fuzz, uh, some vocal effects where we sound like we're listening to something maybe outside the door of the room. The next track is Ain't Got the Blues. I ain't got the blues anymore. I don't talk, turn night, mama, I don't walk the floor. Cause ever since little mama came home, I find what I'm looking for. I'm gonna shine, a big spot to live shine. Everybody that I meet is gonna be a good friend of mine. I'm feeling fine, just 
Yeah, was it is it a home recording that they've sort of tacked on the front, or was that just deliberately and then they put sort of vinyl sounds on it? I don't know the the genesis. I think they deliberately it. did that. I don't know yeah. for a fact, but I think that was intentional. Yeah, I mean, it's great. What a great opening! And then and then when they when they bring the rest of the band in, it's just it's so effective. As long as you don't do that thing where you think, oh. It's gone a bit quiet. I'll turn it up. And yeah, then the band yeah. comes in. And like, oh, <laughs> boom. Boom. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't need that. Um, it's probably the most country thing on the whole album, which again is 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 not a, a problem at all. I think it's uh, um it's great. I love the, the the tempo. I love the way the band hold the tempo uh so well through it. It kind of um yeah, it's like like you said earlier about the you know Brit swinging. I know it's not a swing thing, but there's the, the, there is a swing within there that really that really works here, and there's such a well chosen um, acoustic solo. I mean, I, uh, I, I suppose it on a Dobro or something, but I mean, um, again, that there could have been a temptation to take the all oh, the band has come in sort of idea up a notch and and gone electric in the final third, and I'm really glad that they don't. Um, yeah. It's great. It works, and it's um, it is an upbeat lyric for an upbeat song, which which blends beautifully. Um, there's nothing I don't like about this track, not a thing. Well, you already mentioned it. That stimulated vinyl throwback, pops and crackles sound at the beginning sets the audioscape for the song. It's a throwback rambling blues number. Mm-hmm. It's got that downtown money waster vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah for sure for sure it's it's just charlie and his acoustic and he's singing into an old mic like the and, foot the and foot tamps and his foot tapping yep. until yep. after the chorus and then it turns into a good old foot tapping juke joint throwdown song um the slide on the acoustic solo mm. and that honky tonk piano the acoustic solo is awesome. awesome um the, the what's just really strikes me with this especially when you see this live the band just shifts between these styles so seamlessly. Mm-hmm. That is a tight but loose band to be able to do that. That's that's very Led Zeppelin, mm-hmm. just to to put it like that. And that's a huge compliment. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, man. Like this this is a concert staple and another one where the crowd loves to sing along with because it is so low key and quiet. It just plays extremely well for that live environment. Um, this song is like if you took a Mississippi Delta blues player and a country Western cowboy in 1950 and tried to te- have these guys write a song together with using both styles of their music. This is what you get out of it. And I love it. Um, I love that Charlie lets the audience sing along to this when it's in concert. And it's just, I'm going to keep it simple, man. I just love this song. It's, it's freaking, it's gnarly. <laughs> well, and this is another one, you know, so Blackberry Smoke, obviously, as we listen to this record, part of what they bring to the table is this big uh, electric room filling sound, right? Yeah. But but it's like eight they, people in the band, right? W- yeah, with 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 you know multi guitars, and then you you had Benji Shanks when, when he's touring with these guys, and what he brings to the table. It, it's you know for for me that comes from. It admittedly sort of I like 90s shoegaze rock too, like big layered room filling guitars with harmonies and everything. And and they can do that sound in a southern style, which is mm. which is phenomenal. But then then they can flip gears and bring an acoustic mindset to the table that that is second to none. And if if you've heard it all, so like if um there's the Southern Ground Sessions EP. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which is which is all acoustic and um 
th- this is not on that, but it's the same sort of mentality. Like when they strip everything down and if they just showed up with a, with a, you know, each of them had an acoustic instrument and they sat around and, you know, they're just stomping on the floor and banging on plates and pots and playing an acoustic guitar. It sounds just as amazing. That that's I think what Prof was you know when when they change gears like that 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 is second to none like you you just don't get that very often a band that can pull that off and this song gives you a little taste of of both and the harmonic and and just again another song where it's so easy to learn the lyrics if you've never heard this song before halfway through the song mm-hmm. you're singing along to it yep because yep. it just sticks so it plays so well live and the crowd just gets into it right it's it's just beautiful and perfect and i love it i noted as well the slide solo at 214 just amazing just beautiful and uh yeah amazing song uh so we're going to transition out of that and we're going to go into another big mid-tempo guitar rocker big groove nice thick riff that is sleeping dogs another monster of a song mm-hmm. it's a concert highlight on stage you get the three guitarists will start off with this atmospheric spacey sonic freak out that rages and then fades into charlie just kind of strumming the opening notes of this it's just a rambling mid-tempo song about a guy just getting by not messing with anyone don't shake my tree don't rattle my cage you and me will be on the same page got no trouble don't make no trouble and then the song punches it up at the chorus and picks up the pace and that bluesy force in the second verse. Best let a sleeping dog lie. Wise to remember that still waters usually run pretty deep. The Wurlitzer is tickling my brain in this mm-hmm. one. Um, that is my weakness. Wurlitzer or the, the Fender Rhodes will get me every time. Um, the guitar solo and that Wurlitzer is all over the place. The breakdown in concert, this is where they'll insert another cover normally. Don't come mm-hmm. around here no more. Midnight mm-hmm. Rider, just to mm-hmm. name two. Um, the turnaround smashes you in the face with Charlie shouting, make no mistake, let there be no doubt. That's just awesome. And the band tumbles in with Brandon Swells all over the place as they, they fiercely come to an end with this song. The studio version, as powerful it is as it is, pales in comparison to seeing this live. There's a reason, again, 
why they play so many songs from this album in their live concerts, just because it's impactful recorded and it's impactful live, it, more so impactful live, going back to me saying, hey, this this is how I bought in the Blackberry Smoke singing them live. Um, slow, fast build up. They do it in a couple songs. They do that really well on this. To me, lyrically and tonally or subject matter wise, if we're going concept, not a concept is he's forgiving his ex and all the crap and all the stuff that he's done things wrong to or it's been done to him. And he's just going to let it go and pass it by and start moving on. He's more mature. He's moving on in his life. Uh, I, Prof, you said pretty much everything I can say from the lyrics and the songs, but it is it is great. And it's another killer live track. This is another one of those songs. And maybe, Steve, you're going to speak to this where he's got those little ad libs in there. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, you know, type of thing in there, and the guitar tone, yeah, in, in this track. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Steve. What do you think? No, no, he is. He's a master of those ad libs. Um, there's so much great stuff here. I, I think that my, I mean, my introduction. So I was aware of Blackberry Smoke, you know, uh, probably probably about a year ago as well, because obviously there was a lot of talk about them crows community wise, and so I, I did what you do these days in the modern world. And uh, went to YouTube and sort of saw what came up, and a, and a live version of this um, came up, and I, and and I just thought, okay, I I need to I need to put some time in here because this is fantastic. And I did. I was sort of starting to make a, a playlist of bits and pieces when you suggested this album, and I, which is why I embraced the idea because I was like, oh, you know, fantastic. This is this is an opportunity to really take a a, a deeper dive now. But I mean, what a what a great song. Um, they, they do the the quite loud thing again really well and this is the other song i was referencing earlier where the whole band sort of just stops completely for a second before his vocal crashes back in which is something yeah. that they they do just brilliantly it's a and again it's this thing of okay i can see obviously for a podcast i've thought about the moving parts but i can see the moving parts but it just doesn't matter because you are you know i can see what the craft is here but my god you're nailing it so much um again i i don't i i really i don't i hope it's not irritating to to sort of think from a uk sort of us perspective but i i i do find that interesting because again it feels very southern in its approach to the idea of a fight song i feel like any british fight song in any genre i've ever heard is going to be i'm going to fucking hit you you know whereas this, <laughs> this, this 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 is very much kind of hey you know I, i'm just here and i'm laid back and I don't mind, and it's all good until I'm not. And it's, <laughs> until, exactly, until you know. I'm not. Yeah. And there's and there's something that feels like there's something very southern in there. I can't quite put my finger on it, but I I really like that. And again, that feels um, sort of for, foreign to me, but in a really interesting and sort of exciting uh, exciting way. I think this song is just it's as yeah. good as it as good as it gets. I think the keys are so good, and and I'm remiss in listening to that interview with Charlie again. Why didn't ask him more? Was like Brandon asked to be more front and center on this record, or did it just naturally occur? Because he is all over this damn record. Yeah, and it's it, the 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 balance. I think is what's phenomenal. Like yeah. in, in any yeah. given time, if you wanted to, depending on how you listen to it, you could listen to it as like I'm going to assume this is a guitar forward track, and I'm going to just focus on the guitars, and you'd be like, this is a guitar track. But it, mm -hmm. then you could switch gears, listen to the same exact song, the same exact cut, the same exact recording, and go, what if this was a piano-driven song? And just mm -hmm. focus on those keys. And it's a piano song. 
easily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so yeah. many of the so- the solos, they go back and forth between Brandon and Charlie on the solos from keys, piano, guitar, back and forth. I love it. That's very Crows-ish, too. Very mm-hmm. Crows-ish. Yeah. And, ba- and that's, balance. That's is- the mark of good music. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's what it is. I mean, how many times have you listened to Led Zeppelin and you're like, oh, my God, I never heard that Bonham did this before in this track or, yeah. or what Jones is doing. And then you find out that yeah. Jones is probably the most talented person in that band. MVP yeah. of the band. Jimmy MVP does something. of the band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah i mean you just you get that you get that with the crows i get that with gorman a lot and and with mm-hmm. what eddie harsh was just he was a monster yeah. yeah so i mean you you that's just a that's just good music these are these are david said it there's no slouch in this band Mm-mm. they all shine so yeah the, but none of them are fighting for it so nope. well and coming off that track as as much as we like that one, he, the next track is the one that when Zach Brown brought these guys in again, according to the uh, the interview on uh, on Jason's podcast, uh, when they ripped into this, this is what stopped Zach Brown in his tracks and said, "Wait a minute, what's that song?" Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the video uh, Ray that you shared on the uh, Patreon feed uh, from your show. Uh, this is a pillar of this record. Um, this this competes for me all day long as my favorite track on the record and, and there are many others that fight it off every once in a while but this is the track called Shaking Hands with the Holy Ghost Prof, what do you think? You saw it. You you posted the video. You obviously yeah. must have dug it. Yeah. Well, see, I, the title always got me because I thought only Catholics referred to that as the Holy Ghost. It's always the Holy Spirit, everybody, everywhere else. Um, but there's going to be some more religious and spiritual imagery in this song if the title doesn't clue you in. The bendy riff to start the song, it builds into a nice rocking song. We got the Tennessee champagne, feeling moonshine fine. Yeah, my Johnson City, baby. Yeah, she helps me draw the line. I wonder, I wonder what he's talking about. What's what's this Johnson City thing? Um, <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> sophomore sophomore lyrics from these guys. I expect better. Yeah, yeah, but but uh, it works. The the pre-chorus and the chorus yeah. as the crow flies, baby, gonna get gonna get me up on time. Gonna light me up. Yeah, like the Fourth of July. Everybody knows, baby, take it slow. Feel like I'm singing with the heavenly host. Everybody says, everybody knows. Just like shaking hands with the Holy Ghost. This must have been some great sex. Because um, <laughs> this what's that's what this song is about. The Wah Soak solo is just simply awesome. And how the song ends makes me laugh. Because as you're going through it and you're looking at the lyrics, and it, it just it's just like at the end of some wild lovemaking. 
you slow down, you catch your breath, you reach for a cigarette, and you bask in the sweaty, glory, breathlessness of it all. Um, I'm I'm old. I'm not dead. This is this is what I think about. Are we going to have um, to put one of those little e's for explicit when this comes out? <laughs> Eighteen but, plus mature audience. Yeah, this is a great song. So this it's a great song, and it's like once again it's a twist because it's got that title, and you think it's going to be something completely different, yeah. and then when he's singing it, you're like, wait, hey, what, what? It's not. A, it's not a religious as spiritually religious it's religious as in you've met somebody else that's really changed your life and you get that same feel that you do from connecting with a higher power 100 like you nailed it on the lyrics uh this has heavy 70s ish acdc blues this riffs again how blackberry smoke oh, yeah. it's reputation of acdc mix leonard skinner this is one of those songs that gives them that reputation man crunchy guitars i love the tone on this on this track a lot again great backing vocals again you gotta if you're talking about shaking hands with the holy ghost whether spiritual or not you gotta have those gospel backing to help really drive it and concept not a concept we've we don't have the blues because we're we're getting out of the rough period of our life we've met a new girl everything's going great with her everything is wonderful i'm happy again i have to say i'm going to take a couple of points off you know and he still gets above the a star grade boundary don't get me wrong but i'm i am <laughs> just an take, a not an a plus yeah exactly that's right i'm going to take a couple of points off for using religious imagery to write a sex song for a second time oh it's I a, think. that madonna made her a whole career on that dude <laughs> yes like yes records. admittedly yeah <laughs> right, george yeah, michael one of your countrymen come on <laughs> yes, one of the top 30 i'm sorry yeah uh, but i think um I, I love the opening riff and I love the way that they do that thing again, where they, they sort of, they draw you in with a sort of smaller, quieter riff. Uh, and I think that the, the big ballsy riff doesn't come in for it for the first 30 seconds again. And it's just, it's such a, it's something that they just own completely. I, I don't remember the last time I listened to a, a band that, that, that pulled some of these things off as well as they do. And that, that's one of them. Second time Wawa appears on the album, Ah, God, I mean, I'm a sucker, absolute sucker for Wawa. Um, I'm sure you can overplay it, but I've yet to hear anyone do it. I could listen to it all day. Um, more Wawa, more, more Wawa, cowbell, yeah. more Wawa. I said, oh, cowbell too, just a cowbell and Wawa. Um, yeah, it's it's great. It's great. As I say, I, I, I do have a slight issue with him playing that card a second time, but I mean... I said I was going to nitpick. It's still it's great. a new relationship. He's he's got he's back in it, right? It's yeah, not the same it's girl. just it's just recycled. He's starting over. Okay, okay. So is that where this fits in the in the concept, not a concept idea? It is because he's got a new love, a new relationship. Oh, a new, They've both had mm-hmm. both of these people have had bad you know experiences. Now they're together, and okay. So and this is the honeymoon phase, right? It's a pretty effing good honeymoon. <laughs> yeah, what well, I would say so. Yeah. So apparently, <laughs> sweat. I think sweaty. Cigarette smoking. I'm, try, I'm trying to think what Prof said exactly. Something like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. if, if you use describe sex as shaking hands with the Holy Ghost, it. Yeah. I mean, how much better can it be? Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I'm not saying it's not a good allegory. I mean, it definitely, it definitely works. It definitely works. And for me, this track is interesting because, again, going back to my sort of shoegazy roots, this this song, it's got it's got a set uh, repeating pattern of sort of sections right so like it reminds me a lot of like an oasis song where mm. you know you have section one then it goes mm-hmm. to section two section three and then you get your solo 
Um, so, so I like that because it's predictable and as a, uh, you know, esteemed, uh, air guitarist, it allows me to really get into it. So <laughs> are you, yeah. are you award winning or just esteemed? I was going to say, no, yeah, esteemed. No, I have no awards yet, but I'm, I'm trying to get the word Plenty out. Of time. You know? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Someday the comm- out there for that sort of thing. Someday the committee will will observe what happens uh, <laughs> after midnight when I'm supposed to be doing the dishes, right? With my headphones on. Yeah. Uh, but this is one of those tunes, man. Air guitar, just love it. Just get into it all the way. And then we end the record with a with a ballad, a little slower tune, acoustic piano driven track called "Up the Road." To tell you the truth I've had about enough of me to All this cussing and fighting Who's wrong and who's right It don't mean a thing It don't mean a damn thing Cause the grass ain't always greener Just like we're always told This is, I mean, there's a reason this is a closer on the album. It is closing out a chapter or a story. This whole story that happened with, you know, him being hot out of the gates with everything and a relationship turning around, turning his life around and just being happy where he's at with everything. It is lo-fi. It's got the piano, the acoustic, um, really good solo at the end. I mean, this puts closure on breaking up or ending a relationship or ending a record. This is a good record closer. It isn't this, this is not a good concert closer. So again, when you watch, when you see him in concert playing this tour, it is weird to see ain't nothing left of me four songs in and this being at the end. But if you take the concept, not a concept, this is a perfect, beautiful way to end the story. This is one of I'm going to caveat with my statement I made at the beginning about the fact I think this album's great and I think this track's great, but I'm going to be a very fractionally devil, devil's advocate here, um, which is that it, it feels a little different to some of the other stuff. And and I, I obviously you know feel it's really important, this whole thing, the book ending thing of how you open and how you close. And, and it, it, I did think for a long time, is this has this been tailor made to close the album and is is that a bit forced is it is it because it was screaming at me closer this is the closing track this is the <laughs> this is the big final track on the album and and i got past that i got past that i think it's a good track i think the the other thing i would um man if you could see their faces right now listeners you'd know that that's gone down like a lead balloon i tell you now um it's <laughs> i'm just thinking how much it costs to fly over to the, to england right now <laughs> oh well do i do i even number 30 in the else? uk steve <laughs> <laughs> i'm frightened to read the rest of my notes <laughs> nah, everybody no no um 
no, <laughs> uh, what else? Oh, yeah. No, I do also wonder if the sentiments of the verses actually fit with the sentiments of the choruses because there's this whole first verse and he's like, you're fed up with me and I'm fed up with me too. And I've been doing all this stupid stuff and drinking and hanging out. And then we get this big chorus about, yeah, life's not always better in the future. And I'm sitting there going, I don't totally see what the link is between those ideas. And it's a good critique. It's fair. That's, that's fine. It's still a good song. Uh, I think it is a good album ending song. I love the fact that there's a tasteful guitar solo and then there's kind of almost like a near shred guitar solo at uh-huh, the end yep. when he's really going for it in a kind of, you didn't think I could do this. I can. I've been restraining myself. I'm just going to just 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 go a little bit too far here in a couple of places and you're going to love it. That's brilliant. And I think it's great. But yeah, I just I just had a, a couple of, of of minor niggles there no, but it's still I, I a think great you're right on the lyric i think i think it's a good critique on the lyrical piece it doesn't necessarily fit that and again i told you guys i'm stretching my interpretation of this to, cl- to close the story but you're right if you're taking those lyrics verbatim and everything verbatim it doesn't necessarily fit i will admit that okay that's incredibly we're still, gracious we're still, of you we're still friends, we're still friends. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Right. Prof, any redeeming (laughs) messages? It's it's, it's a slow piano ballad to end the album. Reminds me a little bit of of Home Sweet Home and another song that I can't quite remember at this moment. I will no doubt come up with it sometime around 3 a.m. and wake up shouting the title. Or I'll be driving on the freeway and it'll come to me like a revelation and I'll have some sort of quasi-religious release as I'm yelling it at traffic. Um, (laughs) I've just had about enough of me too. All this cussing and fighting, who's wrong and who's writing, it don't mean a thing because the grass ain't always greener, just like we're always told. Um, These lines, I've started to go into, if you can do better than me, girl, then just go. Go. It's kind of in the same vein as you got lucky. Um, It's a nice bluesy solo that he plays. Things ain't always better up the road. It's another blues drenched solo at the end of it. I love it. Um, the song as the song builds through crescendo. This is I didn't give this one much criticism, but it does come off not force, but it's it's a it's a it's a jarring switch all of a sudden, especially after the, the Holy Ghost. It just kind of goes, what wait, wait, what? No, and I think Steve's criticism when you put is right, end, like yeah, yeah. it's sleeping, tailor made. Sleeping dogs, then holy ghost, then this, like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is like getting punched out and then having the guy, you know, try to wipe your chin off after after he's leaving you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're like, wait, wait, what? Oh, you just beat the crap out of me. What are you trying to clean me up for? So, but. Yeah. And so for me, like, um, so I have two styles of listening. Listening style, number one, much like preparing for this, I'm going to listen to the record from beginning to end. I put it on and listen to it. And in that context, I like it as a, a sort of, come down we we've we've reached the end of our our hypothetical journey and we have this like foresight for the future on what's going to happen next and in maybe or maybe not that ties into the next record i haven't even looked that far no so we're looking up the road the my other style of listening is you know because i am a, a child of the digital age you know i i kind of have some discretion as to what I I keep on my phone, what I want to have storage used as. And 
this come off of, of sleeping dogs, sh- shaking hands with the Holy ghost. And then for me, like I could be, I, I'm good there. Like I'm, I'm done. I don't need necessarily to come down. Now this is a song that I've put on playlists that are, are sort of my, uh, it's been a rough day at work and I want to just go chill out. Yeah. And it's on that playlist. So it's not a song that I don't listen to, but in the, in, in the aspect of the record, it's not one like once I'm done with shake hands with the shorty, with the Holy ghost, I'm good. Like that, I, like that could have been the closer for me. And I would have gone out going, that was, that was awesome. So it's, so it's a, a weird song for me because it has its place, but I don't, I don't really see it. Um, it it's kind of one of those things of like on this record for me, this is probably my least f- favorite song, but if this was on like a Jason Isbell record it's probably the best song I've record. Mm-hmm. you know it's, that, it's the sequencing yeah it's, yeah it's just it's a sequencing issue it just it just comes off it's just weird it's a weird time yeah i told i totally agree totally agree so and it, again it's more i don't want to interject here real fast when you like prof and i have seen this album live now here recently no. it is kind of a jarring in to a live set to be honest with you right like the live mm-hmm. experience it doesn't work great on it works okay it works fine on the record for me like i'm not so as critical of you guys are but seeing it live like it is it's a tough to me it's a tough live closer Mm -hmm. yeah so that being said then let's go around the horn and just give final thoughts um we're going to go ahead and and give us a rating where you see this fits in terms of the other music you listen to obviously we are all in the crows universe so we have a similar uh perspective on what our music tastes are and so if you were to give this a one to five, the highlights of the record and um, just any thoughts you could give the listener about how to engage with this record. I think this is a five star record. I think this is a five star. I think it's a it's a, it's a masterpiece, uh, really. I mean, I said I was going to nitpick. I did. Um, but I think, you know, you, you, you probably nitpick best the things you love. <laughs> you Absolutely. Know, you I'm critical of the crows. You guys are in the chat. Some of you guys are in that text yeah. group. I'm always I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know if you're if you're apathetic it's a bad sign if you you know if you yeah. get if you care then you know and it's it's a i mean i think it's going to i've I've really relished the opportunity to sort of take a deep dive into it because i think it's going to be in in my all-time uh favorite albums and also you know i've, I've had it on around the house and my wife actually said today she said what is that you keep playing that it's great yeah. you know and i was like okay this is this is cool because because you know obviously i don't want to get into the gender politics of it but you know whatever your your whoever your partner is they they will have different listening mm-hmm. tastes mm-hmm. to you and that the melody cut, you know that the just the, the melody of the thing has cut through to her i think because that's probably the thing that would get her her first rather than you know she's not going to go oh i love those guitars you know it's it, it, it's because that's more my thing um but you know the tunes are so strong. Um, I think it is going to be uh, with me for a very long time, if not forever. Now I, I, I'm really, really grateful to have uh, spent some time with it, and obviously I'm now going to take a very, very deep dive into the rest of the the catalog. Um, I think my least favorite thing here is "Leave a Scar." That's not saying a lot. I, I, I that whole slightly punky, fast thing is the color the tone that sort of suits them least well sort of for, for me um and sleeping dogs is, is is my favorite thing here i think it's just unassailably great 
Um, I love it. Yeah, I'm just so grateful to have spent time with this album. So it's a winner from start to finish. This, well, this is a five star for me too. This was, if I was to put this and rank it up with the Crows, I would put this somewhere between Shake Your Money Maker and and uh, Southern Harmony. And it's it's high. Uh, there's ten songs that I think are just absolute classics on it. Two of the two of them, the two monsters are are uh, ain't much left to me and sleeping dogs mm-hmm. but there's there's not a bad song on this album it's kind of what's funny is is uh they do something that i would say is beatlesque where you can if it's the first time you heard it you can start singing it mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. it's over mm-hmm. yeah and that's yeah. that's not easy to do it yep. sounds simple mm-hmm. but there's not a lot of people that can pull that off no um, but it still has things to reveal yeah. yeah yeah and and when you said that when you when you're, you're with your spouse, I've gone to some really bad concerts with my wife. She was, it's her pick. Um, the worst one would be Cher, where I was the only heterosexual man there. Mm, um, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got, like my, so we've been to some we've been to some great shows. She loves she loves this band. Mm. So she's right there with them. Yeah. So we we went yeah. at the same time. We've we've you know that's what we do we go to concerts and and uh she she had a she's had a great time she's she she would likes to see them outside more than anything else we we live mm-hmm. literally about two miles away from the floor the john t floors country store so and if you guys ever want to come to see the band at the john t floors country store there's a house here you'll be in this room which is basically Perfect. my closet um yeah. <laughs> but with the ready. dog with two dogs. So two dogs. You, yeah, you better like two dogs. I love, I love dogs. It's all good. So they're I have very two dogs friendly. and three cats. So just whatever animals you throw at me, I'm unpaced. <laughs> two two just, kids. Um, no kids. Just, no My kids are all gone. <laughs> um, just um, on Prof's, Prof's point about sorry, sorry you know, because I think there's that that old classic thing. It's a bit of a cliche, but I think it's true that that albums that hit you really quickly can often wear out their welcome whereas the albums that take you a long time to get into are the real keepers but mm-hmm. i think this i think this manages to sit in both positions because i think you're absolutely what prof said is absolutely right which is you know you can sing the and jason you've referred to this a few times you know that you can sing these tunes sort of first time through mm-hmm. that the melodies are memorable enough that they stick with you but there's enough else going on that it will still be revealing interesting new things to you on the 10th lesson and that's a clever mm-hmm. trick mm-hmm. that doesn't yeah. happen a lot especially lyrically but i'm going to steal from both you guys a little bit because you guys were right on on a lot of fronts is the live experiences. My wife and I don't always agree on the type of music that we like. She doesn't like the jammy stuff. So taking her to a crow show isn't always great or some of the other things, but she likes Blackberry Smoke. And it's actually one of the nice things to do is to be able to go see a Blackberry Smoke with her because she likes it, likes the album, something we can do together that we both like. So you guys talking through the spouse is significantly other thing. Uh, it's one of those tr- albums too. We've all said it a couple of times. You put it on, you've got these melodies in your head and you can kind of sing and hum along before you even realize that you're doing it. And that, that goes a long way to say how great the music or the, the album is going to be. This is 13 songs, mm-hmm. 13 songs. And not one of us said, didn't say, said, Hey, that, they should cut that from the album. Yeah. We might have a least favorite or the sequencing. We may say some, not 13 songs on a, that's a lot of tracks and not one of these were like get them out of here they don't belong so that says a lot about the record yeah. itself 
I mean, this is a five out of five. If I could rate it higher than that, I would. This is a top five album for me. This is one of these classic, you know, I, I said earlier, there's like these three records that really talk a lot about blues and Southern rock. To me, it would be Exile, Southern Harmony Musical Companion, and this album would be like the pantheon of wow. blues rock, Southern rock. And, and, you know, it is it is a top five disc for me. My favorite is Ain't Much Left to Me. I just, just because it closes shows so well and the fact that they stop and do a different cover song every tour they keep it fresh it's great um my least favorite is probably crimson moon not because i dislike it it's just i don't know it just for whatever reason it's my least favorite i don't skip it um there is a reason they still play a lot of these songs live they are so good live they are so good live your first show that you go to again you're singing the songs during the sing-along parts you're just into it. And it's just, again, it's a classic. It's one of my favorite records of all time. And like why I think the latest album from Blackberry Smoke, You Hear Georgia might be the most accessible record to the general public. This is by and far in the way their best record and probably just as close in terms of accessible accessibility that just a general music fan. Yeah, I can agree, agree with all you guys say. I, I also have it as a five out of five record. For me, again, I judge how many of these songs I'm going to devote space on my phone to have out of 13 tracks. I keep 12 of them. And and the and the 13th song is Up the Road, which would be my, concern, my, my least. But I don't have it downloaded on my phone, but it's in probably four different playlists of like, you know, when I feel yeah. cra- crappy about myself playlist. It's, it's on there. So yeah. so all of them I listen to on some sort of regular basis. And um, uh, if you are listening to this right now, this tour is going on the 10th anniversary celebration of this. Uh, both Prof and Jason have their shirts on. They've been to the shows. Yep. We're um, twins. Yeah. We're twins. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm about a month out from when they come towards me. So I will be there in, in about a month to see them as well. I'm hopefully just praying for the return of Brit. Uh, meanwhile, yeah. lifting up Mike Rizzi in the meantime, filling in, uh, really hope that all goes well with him. Um, just a great group of guys who love playing together, playing phenomenal music as we've just They're good shared. people. Nobody good ever people. says anything bad about them. They are loved by other musicians or fans. Yeah. They built and, from and, the and ground we've, up. We've had lots of discussion for people who have been to the shows about uh, how, how favorable their merch prices are. Yeah. Um, you know, they're not trying to rip you off. They don't um, have any scarves, though. I'm going to have to send a message to Charlie. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. And they're and they're friendly to the state of America pod. Obviously, they're, they're friendly to the all things uh, blues and southern rock pod. And um, just really appreciate these guys and the music they put out. And we wanted to go over this record. Because what we hope is that you'll hear our review, you he- you'll hear how much we love this record, and you're going to go out and you're going to buy it. You're going to buy tickets to go see these guys. Uh, support this band. Uh, really appreciate all of you guys coming together to have this conversation, to review this record. Just real quickly as we go around the horn, I want to make sure all you guys get an opportunity, if you need it, to uh, direct people to where they can find you and what they should be listening to. Steve, you go ahead. Oh, wow. I've got, um, well, three podcasts on the go. So the f- first one's called wow. McCartney and Goal, um, which does not involve Paul McCartney, which is a kind of sports format, English people <laughs> shouting at each other. You'll, you'll enjoy that. Um, 
And the second one is is called The Great Guitarists, which is, is brand new in which we look at a different, uh, really take a deep dive into a different guitarist each month. I just released the first um, three episodes, which is Richie Blackmore, David Gilmore and Stevie Ray Vaughan. And, you need a Charlie uh, Star episode at some point, Steve. Of Come course on. we do. do. Of course do we it. do. Yeah, absolutely right. And uh, Prince is the next episode, the upcoming episode. Nice. Um, and and then yes, I will be co-hosting. We we think this is okay to reveal. If it gets if it gets uh, edited out, we'll know it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> we're co-hosting uh, uh, Classic Wax with uh, Mr. Ian Rice. Upcoming. Love it. Awesome. Love it. it Jason, where do we find you? Well, fortunately, only one place. It's the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast. Mm -hmm. I do guest every once in a while on State of America. And some I've been on the R4 podcast, even though the prof ducked me when I was on it last time. But, yep, we're on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Amazon, Apple. Um, we've got great shows. We just had Ace Von Johnson on a Halloween episode. We just had Sam Bam Colton, who plays guitar for Faster Pussycat, Dorothy, and tomorrow night on Monday, 11, 13, 11, 14, we are going to be doing an interview with Dorothy. So not only can you find blues, Southern rock, but we do all sorts of rock at the same time. So check it out if you're a music fan. And thanks for having me on here, Jason. Much appreciated. Yeah, for sure. And Prof, you mentioned, you know, people recommending music and you find it that it sucks. I would highly recommend you listen to Brian and Jason's podcast because I've found uh, a ton of just really fun yeah. stuff to listen to through those guys. We do a lot of newer, less known bands is a, is a big focus of ours. So, yeah, we, I'm glad you're finding some people that you like there, Jason. Love it. And, Prof, you mentioned you. this is your fourth podcast this week. Where, where are we going to hear you, man? Well, I, I, did, uh, um, I did two for R4, and uh, they'll be coming up. One's already out there. The on third Patreon, stage one was great, by the way. I just listened to the third yeah, the stage. Boston, I love Boston. The Boston record, yep. It was the cool thing that you guys pointed out. So I'll interrupt is it starts off with a ballad, which is weird. I never thought about that until you guys pointed it out. So very cool. Yeah, there, it's it's a different group. Where there's like we have like five, six guys that and Shannon that all kind of we're all same thing. We're all on a it's like like the Patreon uh, text chain. We're all on that. We all talk and uh, we kind of hop on when we see something that we like or we or we know something. Some sometimes we get. We get some pretty off the wall uh, bands or acts that we review, but we'll review them. And I got to respect Aaron because he will listen to anything, even if it's I. Mm-hmm. I cannot. I was going to do one with <laughs> with. Um, I was going to do one on the Gaslight Anthem. I tried. Yeah, I tried. Sorry, David. I couldn't. So I was say I sorry, David. I, I feel the like, same. I was like, oh, this is. I can't do. I'm not a Springsteen guy. I can't do this. So, but I have heard all of your podcasts. I know McCartney and Gold. So, oh, really? And I would kept, wow. yeah. And I knew, I'm like, this voice, I know this voice. I know this voice. Where do I know this voice from? So, yeah, that's cool. Oh, so, oh that's awesome, man. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm retired. I just do nothing but listen to things and fight around and play tennis and go to the gym. That's basically my life. So, God, one day I want to be like you. One day. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> work is a four-letter word um so only cost me a kidney people that's all it is <laughs> you got Gave two my wife of them. a kidney yeah that's right got two, got of, two them. of them oh. Advice for life, yeah. <laughs> well thank you gentlemen for jumping on spending a couple hours this evening talking about this record thank you of luck to great. all you guys on your pods looking forward to hearing them all and of course as they stay here on state of morica stay tall <laughs>
It hit me like I ain't been hit before 